0: cool there has
1: got a lot of gyms going on so we might as well just,
0: just I, I was going. actually thinking i was like damn we should have probably just been recording a while ago and yeah you can start it whenever you, you want oh okay. i already started it yeah yeah that hits different That's it nice. does it's different when the studio's looking right yeah <laughs> now it all makes sense
2: <laughs> i didn't know i was gonna freestyle
3: but i am <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome back! Welcome back! Welcome back! This is the Rich Dad Roundtable, and we are your hosts. I go by the name of Dom, the Power Lifter. Nah, I'm just kidding. This is still weak ass Miles here in the flesh. my boy Dom. Say hi, Dom.
1: Yeah, what's going on, folks? It's been a uh,
0: long time, no see. Long
1: time, no see. <laughs> yeah. Put out a little bullshit episode a couple weeks ago, and uh, hope you listened to a it. Views. it. Took us some months um, to put it out, yeah. And uh, today we've got a very special fellow to the left mates, me, to the right of Miles. Uh, a lot of people know him as J.P. Price. His mom probably knows him as John. John <laughs> I, Paul.
2: I was actually named <laughs> J.P. before they made up what my name meant. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. She so wanted you know to those... call me J.P.
1: Okay. That's
2: solid, actually. And then I ended up like the fifth John in a row my son's the sixth. Wow, white people. hmm
0: love that John. That Just lin- easier. That, that Sorry, lineage. I couldn't make up a name nobody knows.
2: <laughs>
1: nah, nah. <laughs> uh, so, J.P. is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, he is the first American never squat thousand pounds
2: uh i think i was the third but I was the first one it's, ever walk out in
1: a sanctioned me oh to walk it out
2: yeah i was the I was like the fifth person in the world ever to okay
1: do it. yeah and there's yeah. only been 10 11 yeah 12 like that. people that have done it uh, J-
0: fun fact: He told us he did that drunk or hungover. <laughs> not so, that day. Not uh, that day. It <laughs> hey, makes the sound cooler. Makes
1: the story sound cooler. Yeah, uh, yeah. in
2: training, I, I I always figured I'm like, look, if I can train really effectively hungover, then the meat's gonna feel
1: awesome. Yeah, imagine what I'll be sober. Yeah, if I did this when I was hungover for sure. He's solid, actually.
2: Well, like UFC fights are on Saturday, and I love the fights. It's like one of the few sports I actually keep up on. And uh, then on Sunday we would squat, so there's not a lot of choice there.
1: That makes sense. Uh JP also owns uh Strong Barbell Club in North Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Originally it was a part of not OG KC, but it was elite. It or was
2: originally a part of a gym called Impact Elite okay, Gym yeah. and then that got bought by uh, not that gym didn't get bought. They just uh owed a lot of people a million dollars and then uh went out in the <laughs> twilight. Went <laughs> stopped, under. Stopped paying everybody. Bankruptcy. <laughs> and, and then the uh OG KC guys took over and uh we had to start from scratch again and uh I was inside their gym doing kind of the same thing, except they wanted to not have the brand a part of it, which was great because I got to preserve it and not tarnish the name and Mm -hmm. start it myself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Basically, it's just what I found was uh, um, they kept wanting me to put my signature on everything and I got more and more comfortable over that um, over time, having anything that was mine be somebody else's that I never got paid for. And, uh, Uh, so I, I basically was was uncomfortable making them money from me that I would never see. And then it would never be a part of my legacy. So eventually we were able to get out of there and started on our own, which was scary, but it was really good. So I ended up getting a good year and a half of experience, um, under other people without having a lot of risk. And that ended up being a blessing, even though it was a really tough time.
1: Okay. So, so like even speaking of strong, what um like where the idea come from? Did you want to so, own a gym? Wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, hold on, hold on hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on. Are we are we done with our intro? Do we do? Are we doing? Are we doing our intro? Because he already hit us with like several gyms, and I was like, damn. Okay, let's hold on. do we? When do we put this in? Because I got several questions off of the initial. Oh sure, yeah. Initial intro. Well, so, I mean,
2: I guess the important thing is, is that I'm 35. I'm from Kansas City. And I grew up in Topeka. I'm a power lifter. That's been one of the better power lifters of all time at one point or another. And uh, I have an injury that I've been dealing with with my back for a little while now. And uh, so I'm not really that relevant of a lifter at the moment. Um, but it's my best numbers: I, I squatted 1003 um, with knee wraps on. I squatted 960 with no knee wraps on and just a belt. And uh, in the super heavyweight division. And then uh, I bench 639. And deadlifted 765. My total was 2364. And uh, so, yeah, I'm the only guy in the world to ever squat 1,000 and bench 600 in the same day right now.
0: But you ain't fucking with that 135. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I boy, skip it. Your boy just got 135 <laughs> out here the other day. You know, two sets of 10, you know, a little, a little light work. You know what I'm saying? You see uh, so so
2: growing up, I always liked big women, so I knew I had to be strong. <laughs>
0: you gotta be able to carry my You know what? <laughs> <laughs> sound logic. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> super it's super sound logic. It's a joke. My wife's not big, but <laughs> like I didn't want to assume, so I was like, "All right, well, you know, I haven't seen her, so I'm gonna go with the assumption of she is." But then at the same time, big guys usually get small girls, and small guys usually get big girls. It's true. Just it's true. It depends out. on what your flavor is. It's all about balance. I mean, it's a stereotype. It's true. Yeah. I mean,
1: they true. say they say skinny black guys like really big white girls. Like that's what they.
0: I'm waiting. I'm waiting that's, for somebody. To, that's what they say. <laughs> waiting for somebody to to um, disprove this. I really this thought
2: that your wife would be three bills, but no, nah, she, <laughs> she's really pretty.
1: And <laughs> yeah, she's all right, don't let it get don't let it get to her head.
0: <laughs> She'll be listening later. Yeah. Um.
1: So. Before I even was gonna ask the original question, I was gonna ask so you squatted a thousand three. Did you what at what point in your powerlifting career did you know that or even think that like that would be a, a possibility?
2: Somebody asked me about that uh recently and I was like, you know, I, I got into it, I was squatting like six hundred to six fifty. Oh damn. And uh but my trajectory was so fast, like three months later I squatted seven fifty. And then uh, as I got bigger and as I got more experienced, I just kept adding pounds and kept adding pounds. And I never, I never thought I would squat a thousand, but I did. Always think I would beat everybody. Does that make sense? Because yeah. it's a competitive sport, and I always thought that in anything I ever tried to do, I could beat the people I yeah. wanted to beat if I if worked really the, hard.
0: And if that's the benchmark, then yeah. yeah. Whether it. it
2: was football or wrestling or whatever, I didn't care. And then in powerlifting, I was like, well, I'll just keep beating people, and then I'll keep going towards the top.
1: we will just kind of see what happens.
2: And then as I got better, the top got better, and then I became one of those, and then I was that, you know?
1: Yeah. I've always noticed in powerlifting, no matter, like you said, like you didn't necessarily envision it. You envisioned on beating everybody, but, like, that's, like, the one sport I've noticed that you never truly know what you can do until you get up there and do it. Yeah. Like, you, train, you might train for, you know, do a prep for three or four months, and you might, you know, hit some really good numbers in training. But then you might also go into that meet and hit a hundred pound mm-hmm. PR that you've never hit in your entire life. It's wild. So it's 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 a very I don't know a, what do they call it? Unpeaked strength. So it's like a
2: You and I talk a lot about people who let's go ahead and get this term in there, honey <laughs> honey dick themselves.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry, come again. I'm oh. <laughs> sorry,
2: that was bad timing. So uh They do so what? They honey dick themselves okay. like they think that there's something they're not.
0: Oh, okay.
2: And uh, their friends hype them up to say they're something they're not, and they're in a culture where – A lot of um, yes men. Yeah, exactly. One of my shirts said no yes men on it, you know? And so I love to explain that to people, and uh, Dom's been around us quite a bit, and that's just not the style that we want to live. We want to live in the real world, and uh, everything's measurable in our sport, and uh, you're not what you think you are until you do it. And uh, in powerlifting, one thing that's wild is to squat. You only get three attempts. To bench, you only get three attempts, and to deadlift, you only get three attempts to put up your best total. And when I played football in college, or if I wrestled, or whatever, in wrestling, you got six minutes to figure it out. You can get in a tough spot and turn around and pin somebody, you know. In fighting, you get knocked down. You're really dangerous when you're knocked out. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and uh, you know, you see people get shook and then beat people up all the time in in MMA. And then uh, in football, you got you know 100 other guys to blame it on (laughs) you can really cover up some big mistakes in that sport and powerlifting, one little thing goes wrong your whole day is screwed and uh it's the least subjective
1: it's the least subjective sport that's out there Mm -hmm. like you said people who honeydick themselves you have that guy that goes to your you know your super franchise 24-hour fitness and he goes and loads up six plates on each side and he squats and everybody thinks he's the fucking man Mm -hmm. because most people in that gym don't understand like true depth they don't understand true form they don't understand that you know, he's he's probably doing something he shouldn't be fucking doing. He's ego lifting yeah. essentially.
2: Yeah, I uh, then one of the shirts I wanted to make. I on the back. I always wanted to say, just ask me what gym I go to, because everywhere we go, you know, me and the guys that I train with, they're always like, where you guys lift? Because yeah. <laughs> you don't look like the group of big guys at our gym. And and, then, uh, and there's something to be yeah. said
0: about that, but also to the point that you were making, um, technique like. How much? How much is reliant on technique as mm-hmm. of, as opposed to natural strength?
2: Well, if you don't have strength and you can't lift the weight, obviously, right. Now, uh, if you have perfect technique, it takes less effort. Okay. So let's say you and I had the exact same strength, but your technique was better than mine. You'll probably be uh, there's a lot higher percentage chance you'll make the lift that you call. Okay. If I'm a wild card and I'm all over the place, it's kind of like a pitcher that doesn't hit the spot. You know? Do you want to be wild? You know, do you want to be Rick Wild Thing Vaughn or do you want to be John Maddox? <laughs> well, I mean, I know wow. one's fictional, but <laughs> wow,
0: Wild Thing was was the shit though. Like, I mean, he, it's people were afraid when he came. Exactly, <laughs> it's more unpredictable. So, but, it is, right.
2: but his career is probably a lot shorter too. Absol- absolutely, absolutely. Know? So that's part of it.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it's potential and, like you said, form. There's a lot of guys out there who, if they actually exercise the proper techniques, they would yeah. fucking kill everybody. Yeah, but a lot of these guys are scared to get a coach or they're scared mm-hmm. to. You know, they think that they kind of know it all. Or it's their brain. Yeah, that too. you know
0: I don't know. So, like, some like people, no one's uh, watching us, so, but, like, there was, like, a look at me, like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> are you going to ask, like, what the brain is? Yes, I absolutely was about to. Yeah, so uh, some people just are mentally weak. You
2: uh-huh. know, I was talking to a client yesterday, and uh, a lot of people like to say they're mentally strong and they're not. And uh, I was talking to this client, and uh, as a female lifter, and... Uh, she was uh, real uncomfortable talking to people at her, at her gym, um, because she failed a lift and she failed it into the bars while 10 people walked by that, uh. didn't, that didn't happen at my place. And, uh, you gotta have better community than that, but that starts with you. You can't ever expect anybody else to do something you're not willing to do. And True. so then today I was giving her a hard time about that. I was like, Hey, make two friends please, because this isn't safe and you're not tapping your potential cause you're yeah. scared to talk to people. You're not scared to lift weights, but you're scared to do the things that it takes to get better at it, and you have to have people around you when you're going to fail, especially if you could get hurt. And, uh, and she had the safety bars up and everything, but that's not the point. And uh, the point is, is that when she needs to push, she can't because she's too uncomfortable to yep. get support.
3: So uh, today
2: she posted oh, something. That, today she posted something that was like. Uh, you know, something about manifesting things and starting with yourself. And I said, uh, hey, this applies to that too. (laughs) And she's like, dang, you're killing me, Smalls. I
1: think (laughs) think that's personally part of the reason why I didn't do as well as I wanted to do at that meet. I think mentally I didn't walk in there like I wanted, I wanted to blame it on the cut, wanted to blame mm-hmm. it on my food, and wanted to blame it on all this other stuff. But I think I just didn't walk in with like enough confidence. There was numbers I've hit in training. <laughs> you
2: didn't look scared, but you're it's a calm, collected guy. But uh, something that needs to happen. If you can be calm, collected, and really focused, but then also aggressive too,
1: yeah, that helps. And like Silva kept, you know, he's like walk up there with intention. So I'm like yeah. in my head, I'm like. Let me get some smelling salt Let me mm-hmm. do this like, yeah, yeah. like how can I get pissed off Enough to get up here And do this And that's why you Yeah but know, you never practiced that Well yeah that's true yeah. too Like and that's why When I when I After the meet I said I bombed Even though I didn't really bomb But in no, my you head didn't You didn't live up to your expectations Exactly yeah. You know it was like Shit I did When I'm in the gym by myself when mm-hmm. I'm in the gym yep. with friends I just didn't exercise That same confidence right. In the meet So And I think well, that plays into a lot of success in powerlifting.
0: And to speak with the the lady that you were talking about, like part of that is a societal issue. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. her, like her safe place may be in the gym. So it's, it's, she feels safe when she's there, but like the gym as a, as a whole. And in my head, it's an intimidating place. Sure. You have people of all different calibers coming in. You've got your like real lifters. You got people Mm -hmm. who are trying to change the lifestyle. People trying to do this, that, and the third. And people are already intimidated, intimidated by that. But also, like, when they leave the gym, they're not, you know, they may not have any friends outside of that. So it's like, you know, you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to do this for me. I know, like, I know what I can lift. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can push myself more because I'm not going to talk to anybody. I was like, hey, would you mind spotting me? Like, football, it was quick, you know, like, hey, I'm about to try to hit this. You mind spotting Mm -hmm. me? Like, it didn't matter. Like, you've got somebody there. You've got the built-in network. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of changed as a, you know, from a societal aspect, like, no one wants to be dependent on anyone else for anything mm-hmm. to the point where it's like, you can't like, you're not having your potential anymore mm-hmm. because you feel like you're the only person that can do it. Yeah. And it's true that you can, but no one has, no one has reached success by themselves.
2: I don't it's, think it's society's weird in that way. And this could be a really, really long topic, but it's like we got uh, all, night. all these kids think they're so independent, but they're too scared to drive. <sighs> You know what I'm saying? Like, all this woman wants to be independent, but she's too scared to ask for a little help when she needs it. Somebody just... We can't have that.
0: It's somebody just... I think maybe maybe my wife's uh, friend or something, like, um, their kid, like, just got their driver's license Mm -hmm. at, like, 21. Yeah. And I was like, what are you... Sorry, did you not want to ever go be with a girl by yourself when you were 15? Oh, (laughs) well, you know, so-and-so can take me. It's like, yeah, but you know how many, like, secretive missions I went on? Yeah. Just because I had the ability to do it, and not have to say like, "Hey, you mind dropping me off over so and so?" Like, yeah. I got some stuff I don't want you to know that I'm doing. Right. It.
1: But <sighs> I think in the fitness and powerlifting community, it's it's a lot less of that of mm-hmm. that sort of environment. Like someone lacking, you know, confidence or one ask. Well, because you're, you're that, in a niche. I, well, that I just think that powerlifting and fitness for me like changed my life.
0: Yeah,
1: like it it, it granted me a lot of friends that I have now that I consider to be real friends. Like right. it's it's just. It's given me a confidence boost. It made me feel better about myself. You know, it's just, for for me in general, it's like, it's, I think it's great for people who are down on themselves and who mm-hmm. might possibly not want to drive. And I think it yeah. helps people build that confidence to finally I drive. I think what
2: sure. irks me the most about this specific situation is that uh, she could have had a way better day and a way better life that day, but didn't. And, and I think that. The thing that bugs me about that the most is that you have to take control of your situation and powerlifting and even just fitness in general, because powerlifting is very niche. I don't think it's for everybody. It could
0: be, but it's not right. And, uh, everybody can do it, but it doesn't mean they should. But That's when you get into that mental, Mm -hmm. like there's a a clear mental path that you have to be on when it comes Mm -hmm. to powerlifting. General fitness is general fitness. Everyone knows the benefits of it, blah, blah, blah. Right. But powerlifting, I I think, is, like, you have a specific goal that you're trying to reach. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the goal is. You know, it was 228. I just think in powerlifting, (sighs) nine nine times,
1: eight times out of ten, like, you really have to follow the, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but you have to follow the rules to be successful in Mm -hmm. powerlifting. You know, you have your guys that come to your gym, and some of them are fucking freaks of nature, and they can choke to a meet and do whatever the fuck they want. Totally. But in order to really be successful in powerlifting, like, Mm you have to... You have to check these these boxes off every single day, and you have to run these accessories and run the, you know, run your your right. meat prep properly in order to build for success as well. So, so
2: here's the problem that I think um,
0: overall with
1: and we're kind of all over the place here, but we'll it's we fine. we definitely <laughs> dove we
0: dove right into yeah. like hello, this is JP. Let me tell you about this <laughs> shit though. Yeah.
2: I got I got one piece of this to lasso in and bring this thing together a little bit, and I think that one of the hardest things for me. Is that I've found a way to make lifting and powerlifting and fitness a really, really positive part of my life, to the point where there's very little negative. Absolutely. That that happens because of that, and when people um, have a negative connotation to what it does for them, it's a choice. It's it's not something that has happened because it had to. It's a choice, and I feel like there's uh, ways that we can make this positive and and ways that people can have the feelings and the effect and the euphoria that Dom and I get out of this that they're holding themselves
0: back from. Okay, that's fair enough. That's actually a really good, really good... Yeah. Like, this is a good way to close a podcast. <laughs> like, we, we just, get we just getting started. But,
1: uh, I'd, I'd like to, to take it a step back, because I feel like we skipped over a lot. Sure. Probably, <laughs> too, probably, <laughs> probably whatever this, con- this conversation we just had. What even... You know, what got you into powerlifting? You know, obviously, I know yeah, you played totally. f- you played football at Benedictine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
2: so you so wrestle there, too? Huh? Did you wrestle there, too? I, I didn't. I, wrestle. uh, I wrestled in high school, and okay. I played football, and then I played football in college at BC. And then, uh, so I played there for four years. I coached for a couple. Oh, played God. a little rugby. After I got done playing I football, I, uh, I worked out in a garage gym with one of my philosophy professors that I was real close with. And uh, that was my degree was in philosophy and theology. Which, and
0: that... <laughs> that ties into it as well. As soon yeah. as you said, you know, you've, you've made a choice to l- allow this to be a negative experience or a positive. That's mm-hmm. yeah, it's all philosophical for sure.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, so as I was getting out of school, I worked for the school for four years as a recruiter and, uh, I've always been able to talk and I've, <laughs> I gave tours of the campus when I was a student. So oh, I'm sure that <laughs> that's what I did at Mo West, baby. Yeah, babe. Oh, terrible <laughs> so decision. I, uh, so, when I was at BC and I gave tours and everything, as I was leaving school, I was asked if they would create a position if I would stay. And I stayed in the admission office and worked in St. Louis for a while, and then I worked in Kansas City as a recruiter. And then, uh, as I saw, as I was getting married and and moving on, I was trying to look for ways to advance, and there's just not a lot of ways to advance in education. Yep. Um, it's either you're a professor that gets tenured, and then you don't advance, yep. <laughs> or you're a worker that isn't a dean, and then you can't yeah. advance. And so it's basically like three people can advance, and then everybody else is here, <laughs> and uh, everybody else is separated by like a ten thousand dollar gap. Yeah, and uh, that's just not worth the time. No. So I ended up getting recruited into a job in Kansas City, and so uh, I were I live up north uh, off Berry Road, and and that's the northern edge of Kansas City, yeah, up so by the airport. North up north, yeah. And so uh, when I was up there, my wife works downtown as a as a um, um, not a physical therapist, but an occupational therapist, uh-huh. which is like relearning all your life skills. People when you,
1: who get hurt on the yeah. job or go, trying to go back to work. And um, to for her, things.
2: it's mostly neuro and like brain trauma. Okay. Um, and uh, so basically, like relearning how to live your life. So yeah. she has really meaningful work. And then um, I got recruited into a sales position and working with high school sports teams and helping them run fundraisers more efficiently. And that was actually something I was really good at. And uh, so I really enjoyed that. that. And then as that job kind of grew and changed, um, what I was doing athletically at that point was, uh, I was, uh, doing CrossFit. Um, I was, uh, coaching high school wrestling at Oak Park, which is a real good wrestling program at that, at that point. And, uh, the CrossFit coaches were from the wrestling team. So that's how they got me into that. I got you. So I was always like the strongest person that ever did CrossFit. (laughs) And uh, so they were like, Hey, you're kind of probably wasting your time doing this. The biggest as well. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and I was like, you know, it's fine. Like this is fun for me, but what's not fun is when I have aggression and I want to do deadlifts. I don't want to do burpees. I don't want to run around the building. I don't want to do jump rope.
0: Like, I have a certain way that I want to get this aggression out. Yeah. And it's not all these these five other exercises.
2: It'd be like if you're a rapper, and every time you went to the studio, they wanted you to sing gospel.
3: Yeah. That's and you're great. like, that's
2: I'd, a
1: great I'd rather be rapping right
0: now. It's like, What's yeah, that? you know, I mean, I'll, I'll get to the end result, but. Yeah. Ugh, I don't a, mind singing. It's I'd just, really like to get a couple fuck yous out of, the, out of the way. Yeah, right?
1: It's not for everybody, but there's just something, to me, extremely fulfilling about being strong as fuck oh yeah or being the strongest that i've ever been so it's like
2: so i was trying to get into olympic lifting after that and i hired a coach and i was lifting in my garage and i just couldn't get into it the flexibility wasn't there like i wasn't good at it at all and i realized that you really had to relearn that skill earlier in life to be exceptional Mm -hmm. and i'm not going to do anything i can't be amazing at that's just not how I work. Like, I don't want to do any. Like, I want challenges, but I want challenges that I'm going to Excellent. really want to kick the shit out of, yep. you know? And uh, I just, I don't want to work for 10 years to suck. And uh, so, uh, so anyway, I got, uh, I was at the barber shop and this real big guy with all these tattoos is getting a mohawk cut in his head. And he was like, uh, well, what do you do? You're big too. And I was like, well, I just lift, you know, in my garage. And he was like, you should really meet this power lifter, Ben Moore. And I got introduced to Ben, the guy with the girl doing the gymnastics the other night. Oh, nice. And uh, so Ben actually got me into it. And a month later, I did a meet. And so I did my first meet a month into the sport, which just full in. I didn't care. I have no fear.
1: How long ago was this?
2: Uh, seven years. Also oh, this month. Okay. And uh, so uh, pretty immediately, I got good. So and
1: I mean, literally in less than a decade, you've. You might not think it, but you've literally cemented yourself as one of the greatest powerlifters in the in the world.
2: In some ways, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll get past a lot, and you know, people will get yeah, better or whatever. But, but at one point, yeah, I was really, really good. Yeah, I mean, it's you know,
1: it's fucking impressive. Yeah. I mean, a squat a thousand pounds. Like. Uh, I
2: think what I'm most proud of by far, besides the numbers, is somebody put together this video of all the best lifts of all time, and I had a squat that was in there, and. In the comments, it's like, holy shit, that was the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah. And there's just over and over, like, I've always had really, really high standards for how I wanted to operate and do anything in life, and uh, that was, that's what's really important to me, and you've known that from being around me, but I want it to be done in a way we're not one person. Question: This shit. can say anything yeah. negative about it, yeah, and because little... people people in powerlifting with the social media era and whatever, they love to talk about haters, and they love to talk about how everybody hates them. blah blah. blah, blah. What they're really not talking about is how insecure they are about how shitty their stuff is. Yeah. And I don't. I'm like, hey, if you don't want to have haters, just lift like I do, because I don't have any. It, the only haters I get are people who don't like fat people that want to talk shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of okay. my mentality is even in powerlifting, it's I've, I've I always want to be great at everything. I yeah. Do. And I'm not great right now, but I strive to one day get there. But also while I'm striving to get there, I still want to compete with the greats. Mm-hmm. I want to. That's why like I choose to do US USPA because yeah. it's I'm going up against the best guys I know, no matter mm-hmm. where I go. Yeah, these are likely the best guys in the city, town, or from wherever. Right. And I'm going to go up against the best competition that's available in order to right. to really submit To for me, it's all about solidifying how good mm-hmm. I was. Like I did, I started off in bodybuilding, and I could have did a natural show. Sure. But at the end of the day, like, those guys just are not as good as the guys who do non-natural shows. And that's not to say that everybody in that show was non-natural. It's mm-hmm. just I, – I put it as, like, the – it's like the NFL of yeah. bodybuilding or powerlifting right. or whatever it may be.
2: Well, and you can rest easy at night even if you lose knowing if you did your best version of you. And the only reason you're upset about your last meet is it wasn't your best. And so, you know, the thing that happens is, you know, for me, my genetic potential was one of the best in the world. And so if I wouldn't have gotten close to that, that'd be pretty disappointing. Yeah. You know, but I did get close to that. Um, I'm always going to be disappointed forever about me not being a good deadlifter because I didn't work very hard at it. People always ask, why didn't you deadlift better? What was wrong with your deadlift? I'm like, I didn't work very hard on it. You know, I worked super hard on the shit I was good at, (laughs) you know, and that's, and that's a character flaw and I can live with that. um, But I'll always be unhappy about it. Yeah. You know?
1: So, so at what point um, in your, your powerlifting career, did you realize, okay, not only do I love this, but I want to try and transform this into something in Kansas city. And I want to build mm-hmm. this name up. Cause I think that you're, for me personally, you're one of the people I think they kind of got this movement going in Kansas city. I'm sure guys obviously have been doing it longer, but it's a, it's a much bigger scene. Yeah. Sure. So, there's
2: people that got me into it, but yeah. maybe I've gotten many more people. Into yeah. So it, like, know?
1: where did the idea of SBC come from? Yeah.
2: You know, it's kind of funny. I've thought about it for a really long time and, And, uh, you know, everybody wants to get drunk and talk about opening a gym or opening a bar or whatever. Uh, but I really got to do it, you know, and, uh, excuse me. And so, uh, when I was a little fed up with my job, when I did want to try to carve my own path and do something that I wanted to do, I thought that I was good enough at it. I thought that I was a good enough leader and I really got seven years to build it. And, uh, anything that I'm ever involved in, if I give a shit about it, I'm going to be a part of the leadership of it. Um, you know, that's just kind of how, w- when you end up in a room, have you ever seen a room full of 10 dogs and they like sort each other out real quick, Yeah. you know, or the dog park, you know, where the dogs sort okay, each other yeah. out. I was
0: like, shit, where the fuck would I be with 10 dogs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've been you at the dog park. Yeah.
2: Like, or at, like a doggy daycare or something like you see them running the show. Yeah. And, uh, you know what happens is when 10 people get in a room, if something happens, and they need a leader, then they're gonna choose somebody. Just one person yep. they always go to. Yeah, yep. and a lot of times in my life, I've been a leader. Um, whether it was in high school as a student government person or whatever, um, you know, if I was in band or wrestling or football, I was gonna be a captain. And you know, in college, I was a captain, and and I never asked for that kind of shit. Like it just happens. And uh, but I will lead actively. And so if I ever, and I've always said this too, if I ever am gonna bitch about something, I better be fucking willing to put the work in to make it better. Or else I don't have any reason to bitch. I'm not just going to complain and do something like, you know,
1: you see it every day on the internet though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's mindless. That's Jeez why I don't least. use Facebook. I don't I don't bunch like a
2: bunch of people that complain with no action. I
1: don't like what I see, but also at the same time, I'm not going to do anything to Yeah. To,
2: yeah. To yeah. To a lot of, yeah.
0: a lot of thoughts and prayers. A lot of thoughts and, and I don't, prayers. I, don't,
2: I don't hardly ever complain about anything I'm not willing to change or do different myself or Well, and, and at the same
0: time, it's like what is like there's things that so a quick tangent, when we talk about like the social media era and people like they're, they complain with, with no real intention on even providing any, like you're not even giving a solution or an <laughs> option for a solution. It's like, oh, you know, I just, I just can't believe that they did that. Right. Okay. Is there something you want to add to it? No, no, no. I just can't believe they did it. Great. Okay. Thank cool. you. Well, some people just, thanks. To thanks s- Shelley. We really appreciate that. Some
1: people just like to live their life angrily. You know, and just, a lot of people like to live their life worried about a lot of things that they have no control over.
2: Big and one is like, not anger. It's being
1: offended. It, that, well, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Rather than just continue to live your life. Because, like, it. It st-
0: like, how is it really affecting my day to day? Like, it
2: Nobody's does. tough yeah. enough to be real angry. No. But they can be offended. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: they could
0: be a keyboard warrior.
2: Uh, to continue on that path. So, as I got into powerlifting, as I got more serious, as I gained knowledge, and also I obsess about things. So when I start to learn about something I really care about, then I'm gonna get
1: really deep into it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and uh, uh, fucking YouTube for hours. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, all that shit.
2: I dig in. And so what happens is, because I'm a huge fan of the sport too. There's a lot of people that are really good at powerlifting. And don't know shit about how to coach it or who's done it or who anybody is. And and I'm a carnivore. You know, uh, it's kind of like making steaks. I don't just know how to make a steak. I'll do it right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so for me. As I got into it, somebody said, hey, we're going to have a meet at the gym. So we had a meet, and it was a absolute shit show. And I was like, shit, I don't know anything about anything, and I could do better. So I did the next year. And uh, so what happens is you know, I obsess over it, I get into it, I get really good at it, and then I end up being a leader. And so for me, I thought we could put on better shows, I thought we had a better crew, I thought we had better people, I thought we had better lifters, and we did. And so then we started putting on shows, and then we started doing meets, and then we started getting better at it. And as we built that up, we started buying equipment, we started being our own advocate. I'm not ever going to ask anybody for anything I'm not willing to do myself. Absolutely. So the gym would buy stuff for us, we would buy stuff for us. So it would always be a two-way street, and Mm -hmm. I was always way out in front of them on the leader side of things, you know? And so uh, as that developed and as that grew, I saw an opportunity where, you know, we had like 35 people lifting on our team. And I was like, well, it's getting close to starting to be a group where we could have a gym at some point. So my first thought was, hey, I'm a leader. Can I be in your gym as a leader and try to develop this? But I'm also useful other areas too. And can you justify spending money on me if I can make you money? And so we had that talk, and we said yes. So it was worth a risk. We did it. I came up with Strong Barbell Club. Um I don't even know how I came up with the name, but, yeah. uh, my sponsor at the time, eight man, I sent them an idea and they sent me back a logo in 30 minutes. And, uh, was it
1: always at? they did it originally start at impact or? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah.
2: So we lifted there for like six years and then, uh, you know, the guys from stone and barbell came up and started lifting with us. So we could have a bigger team and more support and they wanted to be around that and, we had a bigger area and more equipment and more brick and mortar. And so then as more people got added to it, it got stronger and stronger. And the cool thing is, is that even though I'm a leader of this, I have like 10 guys with me that could be a leader of it anywhere else, you know? And so I have an amazing amount of support and people that have experience and they mentored me, but now I mentor them too. And so there's a lot of give and take, Um, but they know that I'm in it. Right, And uh, that's unquestionable. All in. Yeah. And so uh, what happened was while I was working at the gym, I was interviewing Ethan, the other owner of the gym. And uh, Ethan's a really successful weightlifter, which is uh, clean and jerk and snatch. That's what you see in the Olympics.
1: And he just recently competed, right?
2: He just won the American Open. So we had uh, two um, American Open champions, uh, Ethan and Shikasha. And so, uh, black people weightlift, too. And
0: so. <laughs> and I, so I, everyone should know that Dom is black at this point, so. Yeah, yeah. They get it. Yeah.
2: So, Shakesh is amazing. She, she uh, set the American record snatch, um, which is one movement from the Florida overhead. Uh-huh. Uh, 240 pounds. At a, a
1: 165,
2: right? Yeah, about 165. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, she's like 76 kilos, which is like 167. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then, uh, she clean and jerked 294. And she won the American Open and beat somebody really, really good. And uh, she's 22 years old. Oh, wow. And uh, 22 or 23. And
1: on top of that, she's also blind in one eye. In
2: one eye, yeah. Yeah. So. And oh, wow, uh, okay. she lives out here in Blue Springs. Oh. And then, uh, so Shakesha and Ethan both won the American Open. So I was sitting down with Ethan because I saw an opportunity. He's a really good person. Mm-hmm. And I saw an opportunity to have another good coach. And I talked to him about training for about twenty minutes, and we talked about two hours how we wanted to open our own gym. <laughs> and uh, finally, those guys pushed me hard enough in a negative way that I couldn't be there anymore. It was real toxic, and I was treated pretty poorly. And uh, I just couldn't do it anymore. To the point where I told them I wouldn't take their money ever again. And uh, they treated me really bad. And it's not important how or why.
1: And I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about that, not the details, but no, I was you gonna, can, I, was I don't gonna, care. But I was gonna ask, like, do you think that was a, pretty much a blessing in disguise? Yeah, totally.
2: Totally. It was, they pushed me hard enough to do something that was really painful, which was not get paid since February and regenerate my income for the third time in one year. Yikes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I was going to ask you, um, with two kids, man. Fuck. Yeah.
2: I had to freeze, you know, we're talking about being a dad. I had to freeze my kids accounts. I had to freeze my accounts. At one point I was able to chug in a thousand dollars a month into those accounts. Not anymore, you know, maybe in the future, but I mean, it, it hurt a lot to do that. I felt like a failure you know? Uh, but you know, now I'm stable enough that I can be a little bit confident (laughs) and, uh, you know, it's going well, but it's still tough. It's still hard. Those are still frozen accounts. Um, you know, thank God I was
0: really smart early. Good thing they're custodial accounts. I hope. Oh yeah. Um, I was going to ask you a quick question about, um, the two, um, lifters who just won the the national American Open. American open. What type of, um, what does that do for your gym? Like, as far as like, because those those that's a major accomplishment. Yeah. So then, are they? Do they say? Because I don't know. Do you sponsor them? So um, one of them's the owner of the gym. Okay, so. which so I mean I would assume that he would shout out where he. One hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So then, so those type of accolades is that something that's great to bring back home because that is used as can be used or should be used as a marketing. Totally.
2: So uh, here I'll make that even easier. This is a great point. So I get asked a lot. Hey, what do you do to open a gym? Because everybody wants to open one. Most of the people who want to open one aren't very good. Absolutely. (laughs) And that's the hard part because uh, people ask me, like, what's it take to open a gym? And I'm not a cocky guy. I'm kind of confident. But, um, you know, I'm also really honest. So I always tell them the exact truth. And I'm like, hey, you have to be popular. Yeah. You have to be good. And you have to be nice. And, uh, you know, not very many people have all three of those. And Ethan and I both have it. Okay. You know, Ethan's a lot quieter than I am. Um, so I'm a lot more of a public speaker. I run the gym and in the day to day and Ethan, um, has a day job where he's a chemist and eventually Ethan would like to, uh, be he at
1: the gym all the time. Come out with his own supplements, but it's going to be a while.
2: You know, we could, if he even took any, yeah. <laughs> like takes creatine. So,
1: I mean, I would I mean, I, I guess you would also say like you guys had already built a brand though. Like so that was
2: the good part is yeah. the first Genesis of what we were doing. I built a brand that everybody regionally already knew. Yeah. And so it was really, really super easy. So I've literally spent $0 on advertising. We bought a sign, but I didn't even want that you know, and now, now I like it. Like I'm, it's like, I saw the sign and I freaking broke down and cried and that was awesome. Took pictures and sat in my office for like a half hour writing a stupid memoir, <laughs> you know, like, and, uh, because it felt real, you know, and I haven't had stability, you know, in a couple of years and, and that's tough for my family and me. And, and, uh, so it's, it's really tough. And, uh, but luckily I'm a hustler and I've been hustling. And, you know, instead of coaching 20 athletes, like I want to, I coach 40, And that, you know, makes enough money to be able to make it work until the gym makes it work. And the gym is successful now, Um, you know, to the point where, you know, I declined getting paid so we could put more money back into the gym right away because it grew so fast. We needed it to grow and we needed to renovate, you know. So now we're at 150 members, which is above our break-even point, uh, which is really, really relieving. We didn't think we'd get there until maybe into year one, uh, which is going to be in June. Um, but, uh, but it's gone well, it's gone great. And it's uh, got a lot of room to grow really. I mean, we haven't opened any secondary programs whatsoever. We just opened uh, a weightlifting team for Olympic weightlifting, which is why it's important to have good athletes. Um, you know, people travel to our gym every weekend. We probably sell 10 to 20 day passes a week just cause they know who we are from Instagram, you know, and it's where everybody wants to go. We've had people from over two hours away almost every single week we've been open. Yeah. Know? Oh
1: wow! I mean, I'm not even a member and I go, I mean, I go and I gladly pay every time I go, yeah. you know, I, like well, four times f- a month. <laughs> yeah.
2: You pay and day passes monthly what you pay for your monthly gym yeah. because <laughs> it's important for you to be there sometimes. Yeah, I mean,
1: I just it's for the sport. If it's what you're really into, I I vision a strong barbell club is like it's like the Mecca of mm. powerlifting in Kansas City.
2: And it's not the nicest gym. It's got the nicest powerlifting equipment. Oh yeah, for sure. But it's not the nicest gym. I mean, Just, it's not air conditioned. You, but
0: you want, yeah, you want like the that that yeah, that's what I was going to say.
1: Feel that's why like when I went to L.A., you know, and I finally trained at Golds, mm. and I was kind of like, yeah, this is, this isn't like really what I was, I, would, yeah. I was hoping it would be. Yeah. But when yeah. really.
0: you went to Miami, I know you had stopped at a gym there, and you had showed pictures of it, and I was like. That's what I would expect to see. Like it was I think it was one of the more popular gyms, but I know you made a point to right. take a day to go out there and, and lift there specifically. I mm-hmm. think it was Miami.
1: It was Miami Iron House. Like literally they mm-hmm. all the none of their dumbbells matched. Like some <laughs> were rubber, some were steel, yeah. some were rusted. It, but right. it was like it was super fucking dark in there. But I like, think that's everything like that's cool about those
2: type of gyms is uh is that it's got that person's flavor. Like tell <laughs> me my gym doesn't reflect my flavor.
1: It reflects your flavor and it <laughs> also know? When you run to those kind of gyms, you're always going to see the same kind of people in there. Yeah. Like you go to a Genesis, you're going to see everybody. Yeah. You'll see a guy who bodybuilds. You'll see a guy who powerlifts. You'll see some Crossfitters. You'll totally. see the, the you know your mom who has a gym membership, your dad who's trying to lose. You'll see all sure. this collective of people, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nah. But the reason why I go to Strong Barbell Club is not only for the equipment that you guys have mm-hmm. that I can't get anywhere else. It's the fucking environment. Yeah. It's the environment of people that are in there, and that's also why I got into powerlifting. Just yeah. the amount of people that are there to, I don't know, to help you out and to, yeah. to have your back. I guess I suppose. But back to to owning a gym. I mean, what were the stressors involved with that? Like, I mean, you you literally there's you, a big one. You left you left for your ad and refused yeah. to take more money from someone. Yeah, and then you so went on a whim and opened up your own gym. That, that was like the
2: that was like the end of February when I had decided that
0: we're talking 2019 February. Yeah, okay,
2: 2019, and uh, this year, and uh, so I think it was on like March 4th I contacted my realtor, <laughs> and I was like, Hey, I gotta find a spot. And so then uh, I won't go into details on how I had to find the spot but I found a spot we moved out in the middle of the night because we didn't want them to lawyer up on us and take my equipment that my team
0: owned from where you from where you didn't want to take the money from the yeah. previous employer I guess yeah, yeah. what is it
2: So well so here's the deal is like 7 years of buying powerlifting equipment for this gym like I don't have receipts for everything Yeah you know it's like been in PayPal it's not You, been know, on you know what's worse we know it's ours. Everybody that was there knows what's ours to the point to where like we took everything that we had and uh, somebody accidentally grabbed like a $50 weightlifting belt that goes to a piece of equipment and we have one that kind of matches, but it's mm-hmm. not brand new. And I made somebody take it back at one in the morning, you know, cause there was a code on the door. So, well, take it back. so well, uh, we're not trying to get over on you. We just
0: want what's ours. No, nothing I, nothing lunch. to
2: the point that I don't want any fucking thing that's yours in my sight <laughs> makes me sick. And so, uh, I just don't want to be disrespected the way they did. So, uh, basically I had surgery and I was gone for three weeks. I was supposed to be gone for three weeks instead of three months. And, uh, oh, they gotcha. refused to pay me while I was gone when I gave them four months notice. And I didn't know until 10 days after when I came to get my check. And, uh, Ooh. so I just felt disrespected. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's legit. So that, that's all, it's not a long story. It's a short story, but, uh, they just made me do a lot of things while I was there. I was uncomfortable with. So, uh, so anyway, not sexually, um,
0: <laughs> but even, even if but, so, you know, Hey, oh
1: yeah. I might be comfortable with that. Oh yeah. I don't know what your, I don't know what your
0: comfort level is and I, I'm not we'll here to judge. It It's
2: 2019. Don't be uptight. <laughs> so, so anyway, we left and, uh, we found another space and then the space that we found, it was like really cool. Like it was a warehouse. It was dark. It was neat. It was on a really busy street. It, it was cool. It was in Northtown, And, uh, so basically, uh, we made it work, but it wasn't a good spot. Right. And we were going to make it work long-term, but it wasn't a good spot. And then two weeks into being open, we had 84 members. And uh, on Saturday night, I had done a podcast for somebody who's real popular in fitness, Matt Vincent. And um, I did his podcast on Friday. We went to a Highland Games on Saturday where they wore kilts and stuff. And then, Uh, uh, so on Sunday, I was meeting Matt and his girlfriend, Bonnie, um, who's also a real big lifter. And uh I was meeting them at 8 a.m. at the gym to let them in early so they could work out before they went back to St. Louis. And at 7.45, I got a text that the roof collapsed and the building was condemned. Okay. Two weeks into this, after all this, st- like, I already had enough stress. I didn't need this, too. You have a whole family, so, yeah. I mean, and and I just had surgery, and my back is yep. fucked up, and I can't hardly walk. And so, uh, so this isn't good. And uh, I was freaking out, and uh, I had to personally call every single member and explain our situation with no resolution and my whole livelihood was riding on it now granted my wife's got a good job but we can't just survive on that yeah and uh we could if we had to but we can't you don't want to no yeah and uh i mean it would be a struggle and so uh so anyway we uh we acted as fast as we could. I kept communication with members every single day. And uh, when I finally heard that the building got condemned, it's kind of a funny story. I don't know if I told you. Uh-uh. I w- my wife literally made me get a massage because I was so upset. And I was laying there getting a massage by this six-foot woman that like worked on a farm, so her hands were super tough. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> nice, sitting there nice relaxing. And, and my phone is going off. I can hear it. Vibrating over and over. It's
1: really fucking up the vibe. And I'm like a halfway <laughs> into this
2: 90 minute massage and I'm like, uh, give me my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I answered it. And it's, uh, Ethan's wife and she's like, the building's condemned. It's never going to open again because they kept honey dicking us saying that it was going to open. See how uh, that term works.
0: Yeah, I see. Okay. So, uh, so I was like, honey dicking can also be called finessing. Yeah, it's too positive. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it's on the
2: context. So I'm on the phone and I'm like, uh, all right, that's fine. We'll talk about it when I'm done. <laughs> and so uh right when I get done, I finish the massage and then we start calling people. We're acting. And so uh that was on Tuesday and then uh Thursday we signed the lease at six thirty uh PM. Friday we had two forklifts. I put a message out on social media, we had thirty people help us, we were done in twelve hours. Oh, that's legit. We moved five blocks.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. It
2: was so hard to find a spot though that was what we wanted when we wanted it now. Luckily it's in an industrial area and there were some buildings and we're next to a barbecue restaurant now. That's (laughs) wonderful. That shit worked out. (laughs) So, uh, now we're in 6,000 square feet. Uh, we, we, so we closed from Saturday to Saturday. Uh, or Sunday to Saturday, refunded everybody one week, and oh, you know wow. made it a funny thing on our you know billing and invoicing and and we were able to keep keeping members, but it was so stressful while we were closed. I mean everything was popping, and everybody was hot, and they were wanting to come out to our place and I literally just had to field all these questions. So I'm the only guy on the Instagram
1: I mean yeah, especially two weeks in, I mean going through everything you've gone through to get there, mm-hmm. you know this is like this is probably like a dream come true people you know? are it's wanting to be owners, members, right? yeah. it's
2: successful, there's eighty people I'm just, rolling i'm yes and my, this roof, is my and dream my roof, and my
1: roof collapsed man
2: and uh and that i mean all these experiences have left me to not trust anybody hardly and uh i don't ever share anything in text message i'll talk to him on the phone um i just so i've seen just the dark side of these businesses yeah and uh i just won't be that guy and uh so and i won't be made a fool and so uh so i learned a lot it's a real really old soul statement that.
0: right there I, I will never be made a fool.
2: I'm a I'm a very hopeful guy, and I'm a very positive person, and I really try to see the best in everybody I've ever met, and I have a really really hard time uh, seeing that bad side of people that I just didn't know I was going to see, and uh, it's just the way they take advantage of you.
0: And you it's know? you know, and I think that's kind of the curse of of being a person who does always look for the potential in a person, or you know, the, the best in somebody is like. You like you see the best in a person, but that person may also see the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what they go after. and it yeah. it sucks because you don't want to go through life like yeah. thinking everyone's gonna try to fuck you over. Right. even though it's probably the better way to go through right. it, but like you said, like mentally, what type mm-hmm. of life is that to live to go through life? Like, knowing like, oh, yeah, you know what? This guy's cool. He's definitely going to fuck me over in three yeah. years. I know it's going to happen. Yeah, but when, so, but then
1: also when you've been fucked over so many times, you just learn how to be cautious. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm always going to hope for the yeah. best. Yeah. But when you do fuck me over, I'm going to be like, at least I prepared myself. Yeah. So, yeah, all right, cool.
2: Dom, I think I sense this in you a little bit. I don't know you well enough yet. But, Dom, I feel like uh, you're probably a little bit like me, where one of my football coaches in college told me there's a difference between being kind being kind. And being nice. And I've been far too nice my whole life. I'd rather be kind. Yeah. And uh, so the difference in that is if you're nice, that means you're nice unconditionally and you'll get taken advantage of. And if you're kind, then you'll stand up for what you believe in and do the right thing, but you won't be taken for I will full. not be fucked over. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, we had an That's issue the, the other night where I, like, had to pull someone to the side at a restaurant. I was like, look, this is, I was like, I let them know, I was like, look, I've, I come into your establishment a lot, never had a bad time here, mm-hmm. and I don't want this to turn into a bad time. Yeah but this is what's going on. Yeah. And I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to let it, I'm not going to let it fucking slide. Um, but yeah, so what, what are your, we got to get back there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a really good place. Um, wonderful. What are your, what would you say your goal, your, I wouldn't say end goal because I don't think there going to be an end goal when you mm. own a business. No, nah, yeah,
2: no, I, I see what you're saying. And this ties into finishing that last topic that, so we got into the noose place. Everything's yeah. been gravy since then. It's been cool. We've got a great landlord. Ethan and I get along awesome. Um, you know, I'm there every day. He's there a lot, uh, but he works his day job yep. too. And I've got Ryan, who's my, my right hand man. That's there every day and he's awesome. He coaches Dom. And uh, so it's great to be surrounded by friends all the time. Like, um, you know, people invite me places and stuff and I'm like, look, I got enough community. Like I don't need more. True. And, uh, so I've had to mute some of that. And, and so, uh, so anyway, it's been really, really good. And now like, you know, the, the brand is strong. Um, that's yeah, a pun kind of <laughs> the <laughs> brand is strong, strong Barbell Club, but, uh,
1: Double but entendre.
2: you know, we're really, we're doing and being who we thought we were. Yeah. And that feels really, really good to be that authentic in our place and uh you know, we're able to start doing things that I always dreamt we could do um for example uh you know yesterday, I've always been involved in some sort of service project <laughs> and uh i uh I'm Santa by the way I played santa for for two kids you know places Not surprised. and uh, my wife's work, and then also uh for a place called Playabilities where they have students that uh that um you know Basically, you know, they might have autism or Down syndrome or oh, okay. or some special, kind of special a, needs. some kind of a special needs where they go there to get therapy all day, and uh, so I go to that yep, place that and uh, play Santa for them, and uh, and then. Um, you know, not to hide anything. That's a paid gig. I do that because it takes a lot of time, and and they pay me for it. But then at my wife's work, I volunteer, and I've done that for five years probably. I started doing it for dogs years and years ago, <laughs> for my mom's rescue. They would like <laughs> people would take their dogs to PetSmart and take a picture, and you know they get half the money or whatever for their dog rescue. And so um, my grandpa was a professional Santa, and I was really close to him, so I've always had just that uh, that vibe. That uh, I was jolly. <laughs> and so I play that role pretty well. a great job at it. Yeah, and, uh, so I, I can see it. I'm really embodies it. <laughs> <laughs> I was Santa on Tuesday, and then I got my beard cut and my haircut yesterday. And uh, uh, okay, so okay. that's why it's fresh
0: but uh it's got a fresh lining if you guys we'll we'll make sure we get a picture posted up this line is pretty tight today it's it's pretty fresh i'm gonna be honest with you looks not good. i
2: used to go way tighter because i went to a black barber and (laughs) you
1: fucked up uh, you fucked up i let him go yeah Yeah,
2: it was on the other side of the gym i went all the time i love being there I really felt. You might, you
1: might be in there for a few hours. Yeah, but other hey, than that, I mean, you got anything going on? We <laughs>
2: yeah. oh, were definitely on BPT sometimes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> majority, majority of the time.
2: But you know, what was worth it. Is the uh, the customer appreciation party was like
0: sponsored by Ciroc. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> we're so proud I, Never mind. Stop. I was going to say Hennessy. That's where I was going <laughs> to. I assumed Hennessy would have been a, a better sponsor. V S O P baby. V S
2: O P. So uh, so yeah so uh, yesterday for example. <laughs> These are the things that I always wanted to be able to do with an establishment like this that I just couldn't really do when it wasn't mine. Um, I have a client who works at a uh, inner city high school here, and uh, I said, uh, hey, uh, do you guys maybe have some students or a way to uh connect to students like for example i want to be involved in special olympics but i don't necessarily know who to call yet yeah. yeah i want to do it the right way i want to do it organically and i want to figure out the right avenues to treat people the best
0: gotta i've got a contact for you Actually, good
2: and so i wanted to ask her like hey is there a way that we can help some kids this christmas and it was right before i left on a trip but she did her job. She got a list together of kids wants and needs. There's five kids. I wanted to do an angel tree, which is where you have a tree. You put ornaments on it. And if you're a member of the gym, you take an ornament. as has a kid's name and what they want. And then you go buy it and you bring it back.
3: Oh, until, wow.
2: Until all the ornaments are gone. And that's called an angel tree. Because in like high school wrestling, we sponsored a family. We had coffee cans. Yep. We raised a ton of money and did as good of a freaking job as we yep. could. Um, in my family, like we were, you know, tired of giving each other shitty gifts and we started doing an adoptive family with our budget. Um, and so, so we did that. And, uh, I think so we're
0: on, on year three of adoptive family, it's going, it's a, it's, it's really gratifying. It's yeah, really yeah. rewarding. Yep. It
2: feels amazing to do. And, uh,
0: if you got it, why not give
1: yeah. it? Yeah. That's, that's the way I think about yeah.
2: it. I would rather do that than get a polo shirt. I'm not going to wear,
0: yeah, you know, <laughs> you don't even fucking rock polo like that anymore. No. Days are over, but yeah, no. yeah, we've done it three years straight and um, you know it's with Rich Dad as a whole like giving is which <laughs> probably where I get in trouble at because I would prefer to just give mm-hmm. as much as we can because yeah. it's you know one thing that I learned was my wife was like you know and this is what we told her you know if you can be a blessing to someone be it it's Like we have more than we'll probably ever need yeah. and we see so many people without so it's like oh here let me help you do this or let me help you do this mm-hmm. or like, what do you need what do you need what do you need Is mm-hmm. like We'll never We I just know what it's not What it's like not to have Yeah
1: And I, I You know I grew up in some great situations But yeah. we also had some really bad situations yeah. So it's like Like we just donated 150 bucks to a family Who just has a son Who's got some mm-hmm. issues going on He might not make it much longer mm-hmm. And so we were like You know what What can we do to help You know yeah. Like i don't need any notoriety from it but at the end of the day if i if i have it i want to be able to present it to you and i want Mm -hmm. you to be able to use it too
2: yeah and it it actually makes you feel like it's christmas like there were some years where i didn't really feel like it was yeah and uh but i got that from being santa and from doing those things and and so uh so anyway uh i asked this teacher of the school can we get something and uh so she gave me a list i procrastinated a little um (laughs) and uh well i had it for like three days oh, and so bad uh bad. so yesterday i was like well we're gonna we're gonna blow this thing up i only got four days <laughs> christmas <laughs> is <this> shit christmas <laughs> is coming. Up. i was like gosh I'm, but i'm good under pressure <laughs> the bad thing about procrastinators that are good at it is they're good at it they, they, you, they, they you really t- you tend
1: to do it a lot and because you know
2: your strengths yeah and, but but it's not failed me and i'm 35 i'm <laughs> like <laughs> sooner or later it's gonna bite my ass but uh So yesterday I made the angel tree kind of crappily, but I did a good job overall. It was thorough. And, uh, like I printed out ornaments and wrote on them and shit. I ended up not even needing them because what happened was I wanted to get the word out. Mm -hmm. So I used my social media and I just posted a one minute video that was four slides long on my story. Yep. And my stories get around like 2,500 views per story. Um, that's my engagement out of like 17,000 followers. Right. And, uh, Probably mostly dudes that think I'm hot, and hey, uh, t-
0: take the followers <laughs> however you
2: get them, right? And so, uh, so I was posted on Bear Magazine's Instagram the other day. Uh, one of the guys that commented said that my photo got him pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so anyway, I posted it on my story. Working science barriers. <laughs> hey, you're I uh, doing it. I posted it on my story that we were doing an angel tree, and I don't know why I said it, but I said, uh, and I'm a decent public speaker. I said. If anybody would like to give, then send me a DM and I will tell you how you can help. Oh, shit. I mean, that sounds. $2,000 later. Hey. In less than 24 hours.
0: Oh, hold on. I think I got a thing.
2: Nah, no, that was the wrong one. There it is. There, there, it, is. Is. <laughs> there it is. I'm stuck on that. <laughs> um, so uh, definitely the wrong one. <laughs> so I went from, and the emotions snorted. that go with it are so great. That was a good snort. The uh, first black guy I've ever heard snort. <laughs> uh, won't be the last. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, so, uh, so the uh, the thing that happened that was so cool is, uh, I was scared that we weren't going to cover these kids once and needs, and we covered every single one. Within three hours. Holy shit! Answer, I'm and and then people kept giving, and so they gave me a sixth kid. Oh! And so then I was like, you know, once and needs are great, but some, one of the one of the kids put they wanted shoes, and and they put it as a need, and there's something about somebody else
0: buying you shoes
2: that's not okay. Compared uh, to you going in?
0: Yeah. Oh, like the per- like the person buying them for themselves? Like, even yeah. if you give, th- yeah, 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 for sure, yeah. for sure.
2: I like finding my shoes. Like sure. I You'll custom made sure. these, you It'll know? Be, yeah. You'll
0: be grateful for it, but at the same
1: time, yeah. you yeah. Want it. And that's why, not to stop you in your tracks, but that's yeah. why this family, they wanted uh, groceries and yeah. they wanted some clothing. Yeah. So I texted her, I said, look, yeah. I am not great at shopping for people, so right. this is what I'm going to do. I want to put X amount of money on this card mm-hmm. and X amount of money on this card, yeah. and they can do whatever they please with yeah. it. Yeah.
2: So, when I when I was, and I, I think I dress okay, not today, but, um, you can tell by my hair that I give a shit the, about
1: you
0: know, how hey, I look. Yeah, the, the cut, the, cut the, is all that matters. Yeah. yeah. Unless you know, like, It's yeah, hey, like down. the topper
2: on the tree, you yeah, know. Yeah, you catch one off day, but I had a hair, though. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, the, uh i'm cool with like buying hoodies i bought them like 60 dollars nike hoodies i bought them joggers like i was getting them all the best shit like one of the kids wanted cologne so i got him what i wear i've got him versace
0: wow okay weird flex but okay yeah. i'm a mont blanc guy kind of really yeah I, lo- I just love it. i so just love it so
2: i care a lot and uh i didn't want to do a bad job i literally i remember when i called you yesterday
1: oh yeah i didn't i, I was gonna ask was you about. what cologne black guys like I, but I thought it was an I, – I, honestly, I thought it was an accident. That's why I didn't it, it wasn't. It. I wanted to know. I saw it, and I was jupe. like hey, – we Jupe. We were jupe. That's not anything. true. I remember jupe. My uh, you didn't say anything back, so I was like, oh, it must have been <laughs> – because we were we – were, I think we were talking about something. I
0: read a couple articles. What you – is, is <laughs> well, Versace get, the one that you – Did you get so Sean John? It was actually,
3: no. <laughs> it was actually
2: a different Versace Michael that they Jordan? recommended, oh. but I knew that the one that I had smelled really good because yeah. I didn't know if they were saying for guys who are 40 – or kids who are 17. Mm, true. Well, yeah. And the one that I wear is kind of light, so Sasha. I thought it would be good for both. I used to work for a, cl- a cologne company, and so, uh, so I actually already kind of had some experience, and I was like, well, this stuff smells really good. It's good any time of year, and it's fresh. I don't want this kid going to a job interview smelling like shit.
1: Well, see, yeah. what I
0: did, I went to- Also, so if you're still
1: I, taking clothes, I have a yeah. box of- These are they're not brand new. If you know family, like there's a, there's a like you said, job interview, I have a ton of like So when I give them, them those, the stuff, I bet they could use those in some way I mean, I got like some nice Michael Kors button yeah. downs and So these
2: like kids that. are all in group homes Okay um, They're not with families, they're in group homes um, And uh, and so I don't know what their Christmas is going to be like, but I know yeah. it's going to be better now And then uh, we got enough money that I'm giving every single kid a uh, $200 gift card to Dick's That's legit To pick out their own kicks and to get their own coat You know?
0: That's amazing, man. Solid right on top well, of that. Well, so
2: one. when you were 17, like, what was the coolest thing to have? Shoes. Yeah. You know? I mean, a that's... A coat.
0: Even at fucking 30, it's still one of the coolest things to have. If my I mean, mom
1: gave me a $200 I'm, I'm a gift card at the age fan. of 16, to dick sporting goods, I'd fucking shit my pants. Yeah. i yeah. yeah. go there and stunt all day. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, I,
0: that's what I asked for this Christmas, so... Yeah. It doesn't go com- out of style, no, so I'm
2: completely okay with that. Well, it. a couple asked for Visa gift cards, and I'm like, I'm a little more comfortable with dicks because it's like,
0: well, you, know, you want it. I don't know, yeah, know what to do with yeah. it. well,
2: they can get gloves, they can get hats, they can get through this winter.
0: Like, I don't know well, what they but own. Well, then also and I the intent is like, I want you to. I want this to go towards a gift. Yeah. I don't, I want it to be used at a dedicated place. Cause I mean, they can buy it, then return and get cash. I could that's have a, made it Walmart, process, but I want them saying? to feel cool. Exactly. You oh, well, this wasn't say so the, um so the clone. So the, there's another family that I sponsored. My yeah. wife did, my wife did a family. Then I did a separate one for rich dad, um, but separate from the one that you did. I, t- I giving is. It's it's my jam, yeah. as the white people say. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, you know, they that's this lady hit shit. me up. <laughs> they're like, hey, um, this we're we're doing this adoptive family, and the dad asked for gloves, cologne, and a scarf. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So I went to J C Penny I was like, okay, I'm sure they'll have like a scarf glove combination type mm-hmm. thing. They didn't. So I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. But they had the Sephora in there, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay. Well, I'll just grab some cologne. Yeah. I was going to grab the Mont Blanc, but I'm like, nah, it's a little little expensive. But they, had, like a bottle. Shit. but they had a, like a little, little holiday gift mm-hmm. thing with little 10 ounce sprays and yeah. you got like 10 different colognes Then mm-hmm. you got a voucher for the one that you like the most and you can yeah. come back and get it. So I bought it for, I bought it for him. So I went and dropped it off to the lady. She goes, Oh, I didn't expect you to buy anything. I was like, well, I'm not going to get them anything used. Like right. the dad, like, you know, being the dad is selfish in itself. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm sure he doesn't really care. Like, right. you could get me nothing as long as my kids get, you know, yeah, lost yeah. crystals. crystals. So like, I want you to understand, like, how important you are to this whole thing, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I hope I
2: hope it works out. And it feels good because uh, it's pretty humbling having to, having to have help.
0: Yeah. it's And to have to ask, you know, as a society, we're already expected to, you know, not show any type of emotion and, and be this, that, and the third. But it's like, nah, you know.
1: And... And not to get off the topic of giving, mm. but people being afraid to ask to circle back to, like, powerlifting. Yeah. Um, I think that's why a lot of people fail. Like, I like I know that Silva. Yeah. Probably 90%, if not 99% of that dude's clients are women. Yeah. Like, men just don't, especially in fitness and powerlifting, men just, for some reason, feel like they can't ask for help. Yeah. And that they got to figure it out on their own, and they're afraid to approach someone about mm-hmm. it. I've always, I've always found that to be so odd, but he's got some very successful women on his team. But totally. Uh,
2: you know, he used to uh, manage clubs, and so that was a huge part of who he's managed. And people feel and notice that. And uh, it doesn't help, hurt that, like, his girlfriend and his best client is fourth in the world. Yeah. And so <laughs> other girls see that and they're like, shit. Um, but Ryan also puts off an energy that uh, scares guys. Yeah he does Because he's jacked And he's big And he's tattooed and He's jacked and
1: big And he doesn't really say much If he doesn't know you No, nah, yeah And he's not afraid To fucking open hand Slap a man either um, Like I said When I first <laughs> met Ryan I was bouncing Yeah And so that's like That's how we met one another And I've seen I've seen him do some things Yeah He's definitely
0: <laughs> bounced A couple people <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: Ryan, Ryan's my guy That like, I mean, He's he not will, scared He
1: will handle business
2: He's not scared If he was here I'd tell stories about him I want when He's not here But uh, so uh, I think that I give off a more welcoming vibe, and so that's why I have more male clients because they're a little bit uh, more able to be humble to me, um, and I think also because my numbers are so high. Yeah, that they're like, well, I want to chase something that he's had, and uh, so they go for that, and so uh, so a lot. I think a lot of guys are more scared of Ryan in that way, but they're also more welcomed by me and like trying to strive for what I've already done.
1: And Cause uh cause I, so I can't that say that I'd really work well. with him if I, I didn't didn't already know him previously. It'd be tough. Yeah, but uh I feel like we got to know you in so many weird ways, but not in a way of not like I, you know, and what, I, what, I what immediately. you actually do and <laughs> so. what you've done. Uh Before Miles asked us, like I guess my biggest thing is like, did you ever picture yourself that you'd be in the situation that you're in now? No, because like I mean, like you are pretty like, you're, su- pretty, you're, pretty you're, solid you're, response, you're real fast, su- successful. And so many ways of in the industry that you work in, you're mm-hmm. very well respected. You own a gym, like you people know you when you go places. People yeah. know who J P people know J P Price is. Like I mean, I literally talk to guys all the time, and they're like, "Oh, J like J P Price, like you know him, like he owns Strong Like It's like a big fucking See, deal. I man. don't
2: know anybody thinks that it, I don't really go anywhere else. I
1: mean, it is crazy. I mean, the amount of guys I run into that ask me have I ever been to your gym. I think
2: some people go. I think some people think that I don't go to other places because I don't want to, but I'm just really busy.
1: you should run a business. <laughs> yeah.
2: And I'm like, why would I go to other places when I own this one? You know, and like before I never did either,
1: but it's cause I was so busy. I didn't have hardly any time to be at my gym. And like, how do you balance that? Like, cause you seem to, I wouldn't even say seem, you are like, you're a very active father. Like, yeah. I mean, I see your kids on your story all the time. I tried to be, but I'm, I could be a lot better. Like they had wrestling tonight; night I didn't go. Um, but
2: you also can't go inside so it's oh. like why would i be there anyway yeah, that's weird um and like, uh like but i had also had a
0: meet or like
2: just just a thing like a practice can't, want,
0: oh okay, okay i don't want the kids to yeah. yeah, yeah well I, that's why i was like if it's a meet why well, can't but if it's practice okay. no it's just practice oh,
2: okay. um and, you know i try to be active i'm a lot more active now than i used to be um in different ways like i take them to school every day so I get two hours with him every morning. And you it's do great. a
1: race in your mind. He doesn't know that he's racing, or does he? Hmm?
2: Does your son know that
1: he's racing other kids? No, not at right. all. So it's okay. I yell at him. I'm like, get out of the car.
2: Go, <laughs> go, go. So go, go. when we're at the line, I just think that parents are so slow and so unprepared. And it starts in preschool when people carry their kids into preschool. Please don't ever carry your kid into school. Nah. Me, and, me, and Zoe,
1: me and Zoe, I pick her up put it on the ground and we, I don't even, sometimes I don't even.
2: Dog, I see moms having their kids hit them going into school and like fighting their siblings. And I'm like, I could take care of this for you in like three minutes. And I don't mean to be cocky, but it's been pretty easy.
0: It's man. It's one of the weirdest things to watch, like how other people like handle their kids. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you're, like, five years old, then you, then you know at this point, like, you've let this child do this for years. So it's not, like, a new thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know why they act like this. And it's only going to um, get worse. Yeah. It's only going to get worse. Like, yeah. Parker has been walking herself into class, into mm-hmm. school, into the store, like, since, since she was able to walk. Like, once, honestly, you, once you learn to walk, you shouldn't have told me because
2: <laughs> we're done. We're done here. I can't. I literally, in seven years, cannot remember my kids throwing a fit.
1: Oh my kid throws Well fears. yeah I was gonna say Well that's but That's f- a whole different conversation but for me I think
2: The difference between me and It's different because your kid's a daughter Yeah but with, I have but two the, men
1: But the difference between Her mom and I <laughs> Is that like I handle business Yeah Like when it's time to go to bed When it's time to go somewhere yeah. When it's time to go to school Like yeah. I don't do that play shit No Like when we get to school Like if you don't wanna go in I'm getting you to the door And I'm leaving See ya like you can scream all you want, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna push you in there. Yeah. I'm not gonna carry you, and I'm gonna fucking walk away. Yeah, and so that's why she she like she acts unruly with her mom.
2: My wife doesn't. <laughs> my wife doesn't give either. So here's the thing: is my wife's strict, but uh, like we had this talk the other night. Like it's just different. Like they test her, they try her, and yeah. I'm like, shit stops. Yeah, and <laughs> and it's, it's and weird. I don't I don't it's like I hit my kids. I've spanked them each like three times. Oh, and, I mean, and not they, hard.
0: It's but it, but you. It is it is, it, and I think maybe it's the tone in which we speak with them. Like they understand. We absolutely love you. Like I have two girls. We love you to yeah. death. I will do anything right. for you. But what I say is what I say. It's final. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not here. I'm not here to. Play I'm not going to say it twice. It, no. Well, yeah, I say that, but I also say it five <laughs> times. But she knows. She knows. Like that. That tenth time I said it. Like yeah. hey, I am for real this time. So, but like with Whitney, she Parker will do everything under the sun. To figure out how can i how can i get under her skin and it Mm -hmm. works and i'll just sit there and i'm not gonna sit like because i want you to i want you to rule you know our daughter the way that works for you what what you do and what i do are two different things and you know your tolerance is going to be different than mine. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fight you on these little small things because i'd rather fight you on something bigger that it's going to make way more sense than for me to be like okay parker i told you to brush your teeth 13 times and well don't brush your teeth people Mm -hmm. are going to make fun of you shortly and then she'll say, Dad, I don't want that. Okay, well, go brush your teeth. And well, then kids, she'll go and brush them.
1: Kids yeah. also just want a sense of feeling as if what they, like, that they can do something on their own yeah. without you telling them. So, like, I watched a, a couple of parenting videos about something, and it was, like, about the sense of not forcing your kid to do something, but yeah. allowing them the chance. Not, not, You're not really allowing them the chance, but you're making them feel yeah. as if they have a choice in the matter. Yeah. In the morning, I'm like, all right, I'm leaving. I'll see you later. If you don't want to put on your shoes, that's fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the car, and I'll wait for you. And two seconds later, she's right behind me. Mm-hmm. Instead of no, dealing Dad, with that whole fight me. of oh, put yeah. on your shoes, no back and forth. I'm like, so what's the biggest thing I do with Zoe? I'm like, all right, I'm leaving, and she hates it. Like yeah. these
0: are and my she, plans. Yeah. This is <laughs> what I got going on. I'm a alone. little,
2: I'm a little uh, more militant, <laughs> but it's two boys. Like you can't let them take a, get one over on you, <laughs> and uh, you know maybe I'm a little. I, we're not, I don't feel like We're that strict either You know Like we let them You know Have freedom And do what they need to do But only if they're being right
0: Yeah like you, you know? You've you earned the right To like do these things Like um, I work in
1: sales The biggest thing is You have to set the expectation mm. And that's what a lot of people Don't do in life in general And I think that that's a big Key keynote in your in your everyday life when people fuck you over it's because you never set the expectation yeah. to begin with this is how this is going to well, work. Well I always
2: tell my kids very explicitly I'm like hey here's what I expect and that might be okay for other kids but it's not okay for you Yeah, and that's not going to be alright and uh, for example um, my four year old when he had just turned four his preschool said that he wasn't listening very well and I said well that's not acceptable in my house and uh, I had a talk with him about it and I said hey I, I work five minutes away And I can leave whenever I want. And if they call me and say that you're not listening, I'm going to come up here and I'm going to spank you.
1: In front of everybody. And a
2: week later she called me. And I was there in five minutes. And I walked in and I said to the director, where can I take my kid to spank his ass? And she said, you can do it in the adult bathroom. There's no cameras. And so I got him out of, I went (laughs) in. I went in and they were screwing around. I said, Jay. And he looked at me and everybody froze. Because I'm also like the biggest, scariest dad. And, uh, and you were bigger and scarier at like the time. Year ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and well, I look stronger now because I'm more cut, so I'm oh, like yeah. scarier now. But uh, I can move faster too. <laughs> um, so Smash uh, your kid up if I have to. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I took him in the bathroom and I smacked his ass pretty good. And then I talked to him about it. And I was like, "This is why this happened. Yeah. I don't ever want it to happen again. I feel terrible. Yeah. I had to do that, but you gave me no choice because I found out years ago when my seven-year-old was probably two. Um, I found out quick. Only tell your kids you're going to do something that you're going to do. Yep. Because my parents would do tell me they were going to do stuff and not do it. Yep. And so they I realized. Oh, said. Yep. I took advantage of them. I lied to them. I snuck around. Um. I never did anything to get in trouble, but. Like still, I, I definitely bent all the I rules. Way I could have been way more yeah. honest, you know? And so. Uh, let shit slide. Yeah. yeah. So one day uh, we bought a $24 DVD. I don't know why DVDs are so damn expensive $24? Do- was it double it disc? It was like 22 It was like a Blu-ray or something. I bought I the
1: Incredibles know. off Fandingo. Didn't even get the fucking disc. It was 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah. And she never even watched it. Exactly.
2: <laughs> so I bought a movie and I had it in my hand and I said, hey, if you do that, I'm going to throw this in the trash. And he did it. And I threw it in the trash because I found out that you can only tell them you're going to do things you're going to do.
0: And that literally hurts you more than it so,
2: hurts. And then from then on, though, I knew not to do that kind of shit. Oh, yeah. You know, so the I was proving the wrong the, point. The yeah.
1: last last kid story. I have Zoe was losing her fucking shit one day in the car. Yeah. Losing her shit over a cup because yeah. she couldn't reach it. And she couldn't get it. And yeah. I'm I have, it's hard for me to explain to her that like I'm driving. Yeah. And if I reach back there, like I will kill us both. Yeah. Like, and I know you don't understand that. <laughs> That's not, you not a nice to way to say <laughs> that. And I'm still I'm still at that point where I just tell them,
2: shut up and close your mouth well, and don't I'm, speak.
1: And that's what I'm telling her, but she just <laughs> I'm still there. She's still she's still going, <laughs> she's club. still going. I'm like, Zoe, you need to calm down. So finally we get to a stoplight and I reach back there, I'm reaching around, I find her cup, I set in her lap, I go, Now you need to shut up. I don't want to hear you cry, I yeah. don't want to hear anything anymore. She's she's still screaming, still still losing her fucking mind. So I said, If you don't stop right now, I'm gonna take that cup and I'm gonna throw it out the window. Yeah. And she's still going Still going We yeah. pull into the neighborhood She's still see crying it. I grabbed that cup I threw it the fuck Out of the window <laughs> Yeah It was dead silent after that Yeah Did I go back and get the cup? Yes I did But only <laughs> yeah. because Steph Made me go back and get it <laughs> yeah. She was like People in the neighborhood Are gonna see you They're gonna think We're shitty neighbors We just moved in here And I'm like I don't give a fuck like, the, I need Look, to teach this shit I was a point the dreadlocks For yeah. the cup <laughs> on his window Who we thought Was a football player I do Who might see a Domestic violence <laughs> Saw him now.
0: talking to his daughter He cried like a bitch <laughs> Yeah <laughs> <laughs> but to your point, I just did the exact same thing. So outside of the podcast and the company, I also write a blog that documents my experiences as a as a as a dad. And the most recent one was uh, Parker just doing the best that she could to test me. Mm. And we've got the th- I got three year old and I got an eight month old. So imagine just that jungle. Mm. So uh, Parker's at the age where she just she's really excited about being a big sister. Yeah, that's much. She split does too. Not doesn't understand like what that means like you can't drag like you can't pick her up like i pick her up it looks it looks like it's easy but it's you not. know we've done like we don't pick her up just to pick her up like this it's you know with the purpose so you know i was cleaning up dog shit downstairs It was just the worst and uh i put i put viv in her like little bouncer walker or whatever and then all of a sudden like it's dead silent upstairs I'm like okay and walk up Every, there everyone with kids know what that's yeah, like, <laughs> that like man okay hold on it shouldn't be like this quiet yeah i get upstairs parker's laying on the floor viv's laying on the floor mind you viv was in her bouncer so i was like parker and i'd parker just been terrible all day i was like parker did you I said how'd she get here um i just don't know i said you don't know i said well she was in the bouncer now she's on the floor how'd she get on the floor I just can't remember. I said, "Did you lift her up?" She said, "Yeah." So I said, "All right, well, go to your room." So you're gonna pop me? I said, "Yeah." And I I tried. I was like, "Man, okay, I really don't want to do this." Yeah. But like, I had to like give her like a good one. Yeah. And I said, you know, lay down, and she's screaming, crying, and all yeah. And but you know, it, but one of the key things, like you said, is like I did it. Then we talk about it immediately. Mm-hmm. We don't let it fester, and because yeah. I want you to understand, this is a direct correlation to 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 that action. Um, you know, and. She understood, and right. I said, Parker, why did I do that? Well, because I picked up Parker or well, I picked up Viv without asking. I said, exactly. So right. I want you to. So I ask, so you understand why I do this? Yeah. And then I make her say, okay, why did I do it? And she'll say, it's because this and the third. But, you know, parents are like so afraid of their kids. And I was like, oh, yeah. I don't want to spank them because well, what if someone's. I don't kids, are what also anybody s- thinks. kids
1: are also smart enough to know what they're doing is wrong. Yeah. yeah. It's just that now
0: if, she
2: knows the consequences. Yeah, exactly. So uh, my biggest um, drawback as a parent is that my kids are good and they're well behaved but I'm still too strict
0: it, but they're only mean. good they're good and well behaved because you're strict. I know but I think it's also myself the way I've only
2: smacked them like when I needed to and it was really really appropriate and it was really good timing and it was really effective but I uh, I say things to them aggressively when I don't need to sometimes.
1: I, I, I find myself doing the same thing. I find but myself. I, I do
2: catch myself though. The fact that I care that I do that yeah. means I'm okay. Yeah. And, that's, and that's exactly I, what it is. I, I, I used to listen to this that podcast. That <laughs> yeah. I used to listen to this podcast where parents would call in and they'd say, Hey, I'm worried about whatever. And he's like, look, you're calling here. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> because you give a shit. Yeah. You're yeah. okay. <laughs> like, and when you put it like that, it's like, okay. Yeah.
0: You know? I think it's about understanding. Like I, the one girl I, I used to work with would talk about like, Oh, you know, I don't spank my kids. We do natural consequences, blah, 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 blah. Or you know, like I don't want to yell at them a out of anger. Pain in the ass. Absolutely, <laughs> and I'm like, so then she was like, you know, I like to, um, uh, I don't like to yell at them if I'm angry, yeah. and I'm like, okay, I under, you know, like I understand that, but you're probably angry because they're not doing what you ask them to do. So it's so it's only natural for you to be like you're going to raise your voice at them because you're angry at them. Now, if you walk into the house because, you know, your husband or boyfriend or whatever is cheating on you and then you yell at them, yeah, that's completely different. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to yell at them if they're doing something that makes you angry. You're not right. yelling at them out of regular anger. They're literally doing the things that are making you angry. It's it's the natural progression.
2: I wish I remembered where I heard this at, but this is a really important thing that every new dad or anybody, you know, needs to figure out or do uh, or understand but uh, I've never hit my kids because I wanted to. Um, a lot of people discipline their kids in a certain way because it makes them feel better.
1: Well, yeah, you're supe- you're su- you're superior, you're superior yeah. to this kid. So
2: a lot of times, it's a shitty you, ass parent too. A lot of people want to spank their kid because it is a consequence or whatever, but a lot of times they're doing it to fulfill some anger inside of them. that makes them feel better to hit somebody. And I've tried really, they
0: found the out like, Oh Mm -hmm. yes, they finally did something that I can get X, Y, and Z anger out. Even though, like, you did this small thing, like, your punishment's going to be this yeah. big. I and it's not my that you meant so you to feel that way,
2: it. or it's not that you meant to hit them, yeah. or it's not that you wanted to necessarily. take you there. But then when you step back and you look at what happened, and you're like, shit, I hit like him because I like, wanted
0: that to. That was literally like the crime didn't fit the, fit the punishment. Like, I mean, there's, oh, been, you a, f- your there's been a few
1: times yeah. I've disciplined Zoe, and I've thought about it later in the day, like, did I go a little too far that time? Yeah. Like did I? That's just like I'll
2: like I'll have to check. Like I've had to start apologizing to my wife in public for things I'll say to my kids out loud. Like uh, we were at the movie and, and and not everybody knows I'm hardcore shit.
1: You know, like it's around me, like fuck, in public. I don't fuck around. Yeah,
2: and uh, man, I'll say something to my kids in public to make a adult. Act right. And <laughs> so we were in the we were at the movie theater up is he at the D- we were at a big AMC movie theater, and my seven year old had uh you know how you order the popcorn ahead and stuff, so he had the bag that the popcorn's in, uh-huh. and he's swinging it, and the fucking popcorn is spilling all over. Oh yeah, and he and I told him to stop, and then he did it again, and the popcorn spilled out. And by now we had already spilled it up at the front on accident, and now I'm pissed because this is the third time you're embarrassing me in five minutes. And I go... And this is $50 popcorn. Yeah, man. It's like $24. I, I turned around and I looked at him and I said, Jack, stop swinging the bag now. Loud enough, the whole room heard it, right? And uh, and I was like, I told you to stop. Now there's popcorn all over the damn floor and we're going to have to get a freaking broom. And now we got to clean this up and you're embarrassing me. And he it was... Said, I bet he stopped, though. He fucking stopped. <laughs> I, I made him sit in one spot and not move until we got the broom then made him clean it up in front of everybody. And... He learned and he's a Someone good kid. Say that's so photoshopped. He <laughs> didn't, he didn't need that big of a thing, but it worked and it was good. He won't do it again. And then after it was over, and this is the part I'm bad about. Cause my wife, like I hate it. I always hate being made out to be the mean dad, you know, especially by my wife. And, uh, so I did at the end of that, I said, when we were walking into the movie, I said, Hey, I'm really sorry. I yelled at Jack in public there, but I really thought he deserved it at that moment. And it felt right. But maybe I could have been quieter. And then afterwards, she said, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you apologizing for that.
1: That's also just a big, big key moment in a healthy relationship. Yeah. It?
2: Well, sometimes I'll do it, and then I'll be like, Whoa, what the fuck are you going to do about it? Like, I'm mad. Like,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm the same way. I, I'm, a, I'm an asshole, and sometimes I have to really reel that in. Like, yeah. before, and we're really off topic, but Steph's- so We haven't been I on did, I just recently found out that Steph's mom thought I, like, don't really treat her that well. Yeah. Not, not that I treat her bad, but she- yeah. She thought that I talked down to her in some instances. So my, I, I get that from
2: my in laws. They think I'm too strict with my kids, and I'm like, sorry, they're disciplined, but well, yeah. say something. Yeah, one well,
0: thing that I learned doing? one <laughs> one thing that I learned is that uh, my friend told me this is before I had kids, and then you can get back to what you were saying. Um, they're like, um, never let and her grandparents parker's grandparents live around the corner so that you know it's all close proximity yeah and it's like if i say if don't go against what i say in public yeah you know and i and like he had said something to his daughter at one time and i was like oh no it's okay and like you know he let it go then he pulled me to the side i was like miles never like never go against what i say in public yeah against you know let me raise my kid and i was like oh okay and i didn't really understand it Mm -hmm. until i had kids i'm like I, she can whatever if i'm not hearing you tell her to do something and she does it however if you're okay with her acting like that yeah. that's fine yeah but when she hears me tell her to do something or hears me speak she's going to act accordingly mm-hmm. do not impose you know your you know your opinion on it or try to lessen you know lessen the intensity of it what mm-hmm. i say is what i say yeah. you can do whatever you want when i'm not around but don't i don't want her to be confused like well i can do this here or i can do like I don't care about what you do anywhere else. Yeah,
1: my kid knows. I don't give a shit what you do at grandma's house or do wherever. When you yeah. come to this house, <laughs> yeah. As <laughs> for like, me you know, and my, I, house. I, I hate that. I and hate. There's times they're like,
2: right, but that's fine. But don't don't treat me like a piece of shit because right. I feel bad. <laughs>
1: like I just I hate that whole you hear like this is what you need to be doing like, yeah. when it comes to your kid. Then it's like no, yeah. you need to mind your fucking business. <laughs> right. this is what you need to do. Well, like like my kid has a roof <laughs> over her head. She eats fucking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like I I treat her very well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there <laughs> was there was one time like. I'll, I'll let I'll let me getting annoyed need, by things go too to far sometimes. Business. So you're in the one th-
1: shower later thinking about it. This last summer, we're <laughs> like would, in the right?
2: we're in the pool, and my kids like to wear flippers, and I don't like them to wear flippers because I want them to learn how to fucking swim. And uh, flipper, Wait, you don't flippers, want them to learn how to swim, or you? Do? I want them to, oh, so I, was, I don't want them to wear flippers because okay. no it makes it too easy. True, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and uh, so and they like shit that's easy, and I don't like that they like that. <laughs> my kids will that's say that's easy. I want to do it, and I go, yeah. that's not why we're doing it. We're going to we'll do, do something way. different. Yeah, you know, if like, my kid says his eyes easy, closed backwards. Whew, and then, uh, so we're in the pool and my four year old, he, uh, hits me in my shin with his flipper in an open cut that I had and it hurt. And I said, Jay, stop hitting me with your flipper. Cause he wanted to be held like closely. And I, I had been gone a lot and I was there and I was in the moment and I was holding him and he hit Caught me with his slipping. flipper. And then I was like, don't hit me with your flipper. And he did it again. And I go, Jay. I told you not to hit me with your flipper, and I chucked him, like <laughs> maybe six feet, like in the pool, like by his shoulders or whatever. Like, not nothing's gonna hurt him. Yeah. But I scared him, and he cried. Okay, so now for literally the next eight hours, I'm the biggest fucking asshole on the planet, and I, I apologize for it, and I apologize to him, and talked to him, and he was fine. But I don't need three other adults treating me like a piece of shit because of the way I you, wanted to why discipline would you my do kid. That? You,
0: exactly, and it's like I don't. Look I got enough pressure to deal with Like I don't need the pressure of like Making sure that I'm dealing with my children According to how you think it should be done Like that's i got i got enough to worry about thank yeah. thanks susan this
2: do is you, america in 2019 you're fucking lucky that they have a dad that gives a shit absolutely basically do you, you, know, do you i'm do not you. saying that that's like the minimum requirement like
0: nobody
2: of, rises to low expectations <laughs> but
1: i just want you to leave me the fuck alone about it yeah. just
0: show up you'll be good to go <laughs>
1: yeah right let's <laughs> not sulking this um do you think your kids are a powerlift? I don't know. They love to
2: lift. Like they love me being a part of it. They love that I'm strong, Uh, you know. And I don't like get off on that or anything. But I think one thing that's kind of cool. We're in the uh, store one day. We were like Coles picking up some pillows. My wife like ordered online or something. And uh, there was this mom there that knew my kid and Jack. Like their kids were in school together or something, or our kids were in school together. And uh, she she was telling me that one time uh, her husband was picking her son up, and he goes, uh, "Well." jack's daddy's stronger than you <laughs> and uh and he goes well who's jack's daddy and he pointed at me and he was like well yeah you're fucking right <laughs> and
3: well, then she saw me and she was no, like fuck. that makes
2: sense now but uh you know i like that my kids see you know some certain kind of masculinity in me but they also see that i'm soft and i'll cry and and i'm i'm into it and like uh, i'm into what we're doing as a family and and sometimes i'm not as good about that as I should be because I feel so bogged down by this or that or stressed out or you know trying to start a business this or that and it's this big like struggle because you're like look I'm going to start a new business so I can be around more and then I'm not around more for a year I
0: (laughs) I
1: think the biggest thing in in life when having kids is to know how to put your life on pause for Mm -hmm. them because you still want to be successful in what you do I want to be successful in what I do I want to go to the gym I want to do these things but at the same time it's hard to it's not hard but it's you have to be able to put some of those things aside yeah. to actually to give them that devotion. Here's that a great time.
2: tiny example. Uh, so you asked me to do a podcast. I say, okay, when do we do it? You say, usually at night. I said, okay, cool, Tuesday or Thursday because I'm at the gym those nights and I'm not going to miss a night when I would be home. That's why I'm here today.
0: Yeah, that's point. Okay, it's easy. Super valid. It's
2: super yeah. easy. It didn't take any effort, and I scheduled it on a time when I knew I wouldn't be away from them at night. I would was not going to.
0: Yeah. You
1: so. Know? So let's get back to your powerlifting because we're we're over what we what we what we normally do in a podcast. I don't care. But, we can go all night. I got nothing mean, going on. You got great, rules. We got some great fucking gyms. Aren't you doing yeah.
2: this because there's no rules? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, you, I didn't know that part. Yeah. There, there, do there you? Are, see
0: there is an a, a, fun side to this? <laughs> <Just
1: kidding. laughs> um, with with all your injuries and everything, yeah. I mean, do you see yourself shifting towards? And I'm, I'm sure it's probably hard to shift towards this, but not necessarily being the the. The JP the fucking thousand pound water, and more yeah. like JP now the coach. Almost like who's the guy at um Louis Simmons? Yeah. Like you know, like Louis was a pretty pretty strong guy, yeah, broke some records, did his thing, but obviously he got injured. And he couldn't yeah. continue to keep up with the guys, but he still yeah. now he just runs his gym west side and
2: Well Louis fucking stopped when he was sixty. I'm thirty-five. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of a hard pill to swallow.
0: <laughs> got uh, a little bit of time left.
2: So here's the thing, Dom. Like I don't I don't have anything to prove. Okay. Uh, I do really want to deadlift 800 at some point, but I don't have anything to prove. Right. And and I'm very masculinely secure with my place in the world as far as my strength has taken me. Um, however, I'm also a little bit of a motherfucker and I really want to lift weights. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I have anger just like any guy I have, you know, whatever. And I had a super healthy outlet that I could use really positively and energetically And uh, I'm sad right now that I can't reach more people because of how I lift or how I could lift. Um, I'm sad that I can't uh, exercise my anger the way that I'd like to when I have it. And I'm not an angry guy. It was just a really healthy outlet for me when I had that. And, uh, you know, I've had to, like, learn how to fucking meditate because i got to have something to do to get shit out of me that I don't have. You know, I can't rely on other people for that, you know, like I want to, but I can't. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where... I'm so unsure what to do with myself because I built a fucking palace for this and I can't even use it. I've never squatted hardly. I've never squatted over 550 pounds in my own
1: gym. Damn. That fucking sucks, Dom. Do you, do you feel as if almost like a, a Ronnie Coleman almost? That might be a bad comparison. Uh, but, you know.
2: so, so here's the problem is uh, there's, no, there's no strict timeline on when I'll be better. There's also no strict timeline on when it'll be worse. Um, so there's a chance that I could be okay at some point, but I'm never gonna squat a thousand pounds again. You know? And I don't care about that. What I care about is that like I've got like hundred and fifty friends I don't wanna fucking lift weights with and I can't. I've never lifted with you.
1: No. It'd you be
2: fun though, wouldn't it? You spotted me. Yeah. But it'd be fun. My energy's good. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm a better, my gym is better, my lifters are better, and I'm a better person when I'm there with them. And it's hard for me to walk into that room when I don't have shit to do. And I'm also one of those guys that I can help everybody that's there, but I also like to let people do their own thing. You know, if they want help, they can ask. Um, But I'm not like one of those guys that gets involved in people's shit when I'm not asked to. Um, you know it's not me like I want people to be free and sometimes people take that as I don't care but I actually just take that as like I'm just letting people be themselves and if they want help they can ask for it um, because people need to be like learn how to be their own individual yeah, right? absolutely. and maybe they don't want my help maybe they don't want like how many times have you heard about that creepy guy at the gym that comes up and offers you help you don't fucking want yeah, all the fucking time. I don't want to be that guy and I know I'm not that guy but I also am conscientious to like not impose myself on other people because cuz i can suffocate people with my energy you know and
0: uh and it's not coming from a bad place it's just no. you know like you want them to be the the best version of themselves and yeah. you can you can see like oh if if i helped you you could probably get an extra you know 20 30 you well, know what i'm saying and so it's you
2: just
1: got to let people fail sometimes
0: <sighs> yeah. And
2: part of me part of me i don't think they need me in a lot of cases and and they don't like i have really good independent people around me i've tried to make it that way and i uh it's hard for me to leave the office sometimes when I can't go in there and be productive, yeah. and uh, and that's pretty sad sometimes. And and uh, and so I haven't dealt with that yet. And uh, but when I went to see Doctor McGill in Canada to work on my back, I mean the first hour was psychiatric. Like he wanted to make sure I was okay to go through this process and not be able to be okay. And uh, and and I'm not saying that I am okay, but I'm also fine. Yeah, you know. Um, I'm dealing with it as healthy as I can. I've lost 80 pounds in the process. Um, you know, that's pretty damn healthy. Um, <laughs> you know, I basically quit drinking in the process and just been able to allow myself to have one here or there when I used to think I had a little bit of a problem maybe. Uh, and I don't know that I ever did, but I've stopped it before that ever happened. Um, you know, I think that there's some really healthy things that I've done, but I would really like to be able to do what the fuck I want and I can't. And, and that part's sad to me. um, you know, I think I'm a better leader and a better person when I'm able to be good at that too.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's sad I'm because happier. It's, it was your outlet. You yeah. Know? I'm happier. You know, it was, it was your thing. And now it's like, yeah, you could go find something else, but it's not really what you want to do. Oh, what doing. am I going to do? Put a fucking yeah, studio mean, in there and start
2: trying to rap? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> not too late. <laughs> it's it's <never> too late. <laughs> I'm going to put this mic in my sauna <laughs> yeah, that I bought in your
0: neighborhood. <laughs> do you think it's, um, do you think there is an alternative way to look at, um, kind of being forced to, to slow down.
2: So, um, earlier I told you I want to be good at three things and I'm not that good of a coach yet and I want to be better. Uh, I'm okay. I'm really good at the mental side of things. Like i I'm really good at the mental side of things of lifting, um, and being a competitor. Uh, but, uh, the nuts and bolts, the science, like I could always be better at that. The only problem is, is I'm not that passionate about it. Yep. You know, um, I am, but I'm not that passionate about it. You know, I'd rather I'd rather lead from the front than uh, lead with a clipboard.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
2: I don't just want to tell people what to do; what to do. I want to show them. Yep. And uh, I'm a lot more effective that way. And uh, so that's the part that's hard for me is I want to be a better coach, um, and I want to be better at that. But that's never going to be my identity over being a lifter. Uh, one of the first things Doctor McGill said to me is he said, uh, "I think you should." Try to uh, train a world champion and never worry about being one again. That's a hard pill to swallow. I was fine with it, but, but it still the, sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I'd rather, like, do local strongman than not be able to fucking move. Yeah. You know?
1: And with, the, I mean, the beauty of it is that you, I mean, there are some guys in your gym that will, I, I wholeheartedly believe will be world champions
2: yeah i think so uh and i'd like to invest more into them but i'm also not going to give them anything they don't want yeah absolutely um so to cover that injury a little bit because they're probably kind of wondering that's what i was gonna ask i was like well i guess you never mentioned it. i never had like any specific incident that hurt me uh just uh i've never been hurt my whole life um i've never i've been hurt but i've never been injured my whole life i've never missed practice or games or any shit like that um you know maybe i should have but i didn't but uh so I've been very, very durable, and so being hurt's new for me, and uh, it's not something I'm used to, and uh, so for me, uh, what started to happen is after my last big meet, um, I had ballooned up to 400 pounds, I had, uh, I'm 320 right now, I had gotten up over 400 pounds, I was probably drinking more than I should, I was eating super unhealthy, I had a ton of stress from work and uh, going through life changes with work and things like that. And, and so uh, I, I just wasn't in good shape. And that probably all contributed to my back health. Yeah. Um, and so over time, I had noticed that my squat started deteriorating. And uh, my glutes weren't working the way they were supposed to. And they were shutting off at bad times. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brain, the signals from my brain weren't connected to my back very well. And uh, so what ended up happening is my strength deteriorated over time. And then I Finally, you know, after about a year and a half of that, um, after about four months after my last meet, I was like, Well, I'm gonna start taking this really seriously because it's gotten to the point where I went from a thousand pound squat to failing at seven sixty five. And that'd be fine for a lot of people, but it wasn't okay for me. It's pretty catastrophic to lose twenty five percent of That's your top cool. Especially end strength. when you
1: know where you're you've been. Yeah. You know?
2: Absolutely. <laughs> Especially when I know my body's healthy. Yeah. You know, I was losing weight at the time, I was feeling good, but my body was shot. And uh so I went in for an opinion and I Uh, really long story short I had hip surgery that I probably didn't need it was my spine that was the problem Um, Mm. they did fix my hip it's fine but I don't know that that was the problem to begin with Um, they were just going off of imaging they weren't actually diagnosing problems with me Um, so then they started trying to give me shots and cut nerves and things I began to be really uncomfortable with because they weren't ever I I was smart enough to know that won't make me better that'll just make it cover up a problem that's never going to get better if I don't make it better so I freaked out, started calling doctors, and I'm um, calling specialists. I had been in their care for over a year and spent six grand out of my pocket and countless doctor's visit and surgery and two MRIs and all the care that I could, physical therapy, etc. and nothing was better. I was getting worse. And so uh, I got hooked up with Dr. Stuart McGill out of Canada, who's a really, really great spine expert. And uh, he's not a doctor of uh, – Of medicine he's a doctor of uh, biomechanics and uh, and um um, not physiology but uh kinesiology yeah and so uh, dr mcgill had a clinic at the college that he worked at in canada where they treated spine patients and um their whole approach is backwards from american healthcare, right so for example when i was with dr mcgill i asked uh will they ever do your type of care here in the states and he said no there's or not even in canada it's just he got to do it because he was a doctor at a school yep. and uh so anyway he said uh how long have you ever spent with a doctor and i was i don't know fucking 20 minutes maybe 15 yeah <laughs> if i was lucky and he was like well my intake is three hours oh, and wow. so he uh worked with me for three hours and screened me and once he was conclusive on what he thought was the problem with me he uh he even um tried to trick me seven times Go on. And uh, and I, he couldn't trick me. All the pain was normal. And so uh, basically what he had figured out was I have three different issues with my spine, three or four, um, that are not quick to fix. There's not surgery that can help. There's not anything specific that can help except rest, moving with pristine accuracy, like uh, squatting perfectly, sitting down on the toilet perfectly, et cetera. Like I can only do things perfectly. and um, And on top of that, I have to do drills. To firm my core, firm my spine, and make me more durable, and I have to do this and not lift any weights whatsoever until uh, my pain goes away, uh, my pain triggers. So that could take. This has been about a month and a half. This could take three to six months, and then after that's over, then we have about another year plus of work to firm up the spine that's unstable. And uh, so I'm looking at probably a year and a half of no
1: lifting weights. Sure. So I think the, the, I think I think when you said the difference in his um approach. And I've never said that publicly, so. That's oh, no. new. that's news. Oh. Wow. <laughs> oh shit. I don't, I don't know Hold
0: on. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good there choice. It <laughs> <laughs> there it is.
1: Um, I think a lot of doctors approach especially when it comes to athletes, they yeah. just a lot of doctors truly don't understand how to treat athletes. They know how to treat your everyday person who might have this issue, but when it's related to sports and wellness, I feel like a lot, that's why I really respect Aaron and even McGill. Like he does Mm -hmm. the McGill big three. I do that every before every workout. Yeah. Like, I I mean, and I think that it's helped me out tremendously.
2: Yeah. It's wild. So, uh, so the thing is, and Dr. McGill said this to me, he said, uh, I said, well, why, why don't regular doctors do any of this shit? And he's like, uh, well, their teachers never taught them. They don't do that either. (laughs) And uh, could you imagine if the doctor spent 10 more time, 10 times the amount of time on you and made one tenth the money because they never did surgery. Well, that's what it's all about. Yeah, it's not <laughs> that
0: like, would not well, make any I, money. 16.
2: That would make money.
1: I have a friend whose father like had a really bad back problems. Yeah. And he started walking with a cane, and basically doctors told him, like, you'll never be the same unless you have the mm-hmm. surgery. Yeah. And he got to a point where he's like, you know what, I've had surgery before, didn't really do shit. And he's like, I'm not getting under another knife because I don't see the reason behind it if you didn't yeah. fix it the first They're time. They're
2: guessing. They're practicing yeah, exactly. medicine. So, and uh, so I didn't want to practice
1: anymore. I wanted to figure things so out. So he went to some doctor he found, you know, that was more, took a more holistic approach, mm-hmm. and now he he walks just fine. Yeah.
2: Well, and the thing is, is Doctor McGill probably wouldn't ever call it a holistic approach. He probably think that's gay, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but Doctor McGill would probably say that he's doing a scientific approach with real proof and not practicing. Yeah, so he's figuring out answers, and he won't give you an answer unless he's sure. He wouldn't tell me my issues until he was ninety nine point nine percent. And I mean,
0: and I think that three hour, you know, session allows him to get to know the person, the yeah. way the person moves, the way the mechanics of that person. And uh, you know, like you said, the first hour was psychological. It's yeah. like, okay, let's actually figure out what, because it, it was like, oh well, you know, it it could have been psychological. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, well, let's just change, let's just let's flip this switch. We're like, no, okay, it's well, there's
2: not. no sense treating a patient that's not going to heal mentally. Exactly.
0: That's
1: also when you think about it. If you really think about it, every time you go to the doctor for something, mm-hmm. majority of the time it's a fucking assumption. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it could be this, it could be that. I won't know until we do this. But even when we do this,
0: yeah. it could still be. I that. still might. I right. know. Like,
1: I went for my knee the other day, and he was like, "Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I figured it might look like this, but it really looks like that." So, yeah. Well, so, no, so, you pay six hundred dollars yeah. for an MRI, and then when We'd I love that to get back, you back under here, yeah. Uh, you know, I could give you a shot. I could give you that, and I was yeah. like, I don't want a fucking shot. That's not gonna yeah. fix you know the issues I have. Um, so we'll. Uh, Hope you have a, a speedy to recovery. I know that it could be up to a an <laughs> year and a half. It, it's going to take Regardless, a while. it's going to take some time. That but. was
2: McGill's other point that was really cool, and I've used this analogy in powerlifting now, too. Um, he said, uh, you know, a mechanic that works on, you know, like he didn't say this part, but a mechanic that works on, like, Ford Focuses probably Fucking can't work Ford on Focus. a uh, Ferrari. But That's a true. Ferrari mechanic can work on anything. He takes yeah. whatever he needs. Yeah, yeah. and he said, uh, you know, in my job, I wanted to work on all the Ferraris I could. So he worked on, before me, he worked on George St. Pierre. He worked on this laundry list of famous people. And uh, and uh, he was really, really gracious to me. I mean, he said, you know, if you're an NBA player, this would cost you a bit of money, but I know you're a powerlifter, you don't make any, so yeah. you can come <laughs> stay at my house for free. And uh, I stayed in his home. His wife baked bread for me every day. He made soup. We grilled steaks together. He Did was he speak really, French? He was
1: really amazing. I don't think so.
2: Damn. He just said, sorry.
1: Like, <laughs> even speaking of money, that's the thing I've always res- respected, even in the powerlifting community. Mm-hmm. Like, it takes, or even in bodybuilding or fitness in general, like, it takes a certain grit and a certain hustle yeah. to actually make money. Yeah. Like, even guys who you see on, you know, Instagram, your favorite bodybuilder, your favorite powerlifter, it's got, you know, 500,000 followers, mm-hmm. like... He ain't making shit when he wins a competition. You nah. might to make two grand. Yeah. You know, but what's two grand gonna do for you? Yeah. Like unless you know how to flip that into something. But I mean you really like you said you're training forty people right now. Yeah. You're also running a gym, but you're not paying yourself out of it. Nah. So it's a, it's definitely a huge uh, it's a huge risk, I think.
2: It is, it really is. And that's why I was really, really adamant to people that you have to be either so fucking good that everybody knows it and at what you do, like somebody like Aaron. Uh, or shig, our physical therapist we're talking about. And, uh, you either have to be really good or you have to be good, popular and nice. And, uh, and and it really is a perfect storm of, of trying to make it work. And I still don't know that it's going to work, but it looks really good right now. Yeah. And, uh, but it took a lot of factors and it took a lot of community building for seven years to get to this point where I thought that this was going to be able to happen. And luckily I had, I got to test it a couple of times for people I don't like now.
0: What? Um. On the home front, like, has your wife been pretty supportive of? Mm-hmm. No, because she said she lives at like four thirty in the morning.
2: Yeah, so I uh, I coach her, um, that's, and that's she, a, that's a whole different episode. Do
1: you yeah. char, do you charge her? <laughs>
2: no, <laughs> <laughs> well, don't text that ass.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, was really, I was really hoping for that kind <laughs> of answer. thanks
3: for the setup, though. <laughs> softball over right here right That's the hoop. That was a good one. That's a good
2: setup. This good wingman over there, solid. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, no, she works out, uh, she played soccer in college okay. and, uh, so she was always a lifter and an athlete and she did CrossFit a lot and then she kind of, you know, morphed into more of the powerlifting style. And, um, so with the two kids, uh, it's actually worked out kind of interesting. She used to work out in the morning and then she'd come home and she'd do all the kids stuff and we'd split everything up, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we've got a way more, uh, kind of natural place right now where, um, she wakes up early. The gym is further away than it used to be. Like it used to be just a couple blocks, mm-hmm. which was really, really nice. But I needed to open the gym where it could get to the people that were going to pay for it. Y- yeah. So I yeah, chose Northtown Town say less. close to the city. Yep. And uh, so now people like Dom could justify being 30 minutes over that way, you know, if he needed to. Yeah. Um, And
0: so. Uh,
1: Even if you're an hour away, I'd justify going there at least once a month. Yeah. You
0: know, just, yeah. I mean, it's you're like it's a great super that. solid workout in for like that, that one. Yeah. It's like well, it's uh, not even
2: the it's like they would say about youth group when I was younger, it's like you're a coal in a fire and when you get out of that fire you get colder and then when you get close to it you get warmer. Yeah. And then you come back for cycles to be warm. Yep. It's um, also kind of the like fact
1: that. of like I like supporting people I care about or yeah. people I like. Like, you know, like I would even even if me and you were best friends mm-hmm. and we grew up together, I would never come to you and expect to work out in Strong Barbara without paying yeah. ten dollars to get in. Because that's just what I firmly believe and I know yeah. that how hard you work to get there. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why I go there and I'm glad right. to fucking pay, you know, not only yeah. for the equipment and the people. But it's just. Right. I respect well, what
0: know. I'm saying is, like, if you're going to drive, you know, 30, 45 minutes out, you're going to make sure that you maximize that workout. Mm-hmm. You know I'm what I'm sure. saying? I'll be in
1: there for two and a half hours. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what I'm
0: saying. Like, so like, to your point, like, you know, you justify being, you know, 30 minutes away. You get quantity over or you mm-hmm. get quality over quantity. So yeah. people are going to drive out there. You said you have people come two hours yeah. to work out at your gym. They know they're coming to that gym to work out. They're not coming there for a social hour. You can go to Planet Fitness for that, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So that that that's the point that I was trying.
2: I think that's kind of the wild thing too though, is it ends up being really strong in community.
0: But that, that was that's
2: the, that's the byproduct exact, of what else is happening.
0: Exactly. You've yeah. you've built that. You know what I'm saying? So they know like it's twofold. You're getting that super solid workout. Mm-hmm. That's what they're coming for. It was like, "Oh, also, so and so is going to be there. Yeah. I love working out with these people." Right. Everyone's there for that same that same purpose there. For sure. Uh, so, uh, so to
2: finish the question about Jenna's support is, uh, she's really pretty blindly let me do whatever I want with this, which has been great, but it's because, uh, she knew that it was the right thing to do. And, uh, I got to chase a passion in that. And, uh, so she gets up at four to four 30, goes and works out. And one of the cool things is that it's on the way to her work. She works downtown. So she works out yeah. until, you know, six 15, we have a shower at the gym. She, plugs in her hair straightener. She watches We have a 65 inch TV in the lounge. So oh. she, uh, she watches some of the shitty TV. I don't like in the morning. And so she like gets ready, heats up her eggs, you know, whatever. We, got a little kitchen there. And so we meal prep and she heats her eggs up and sits there and eats. And then it's eight minutes to work. And now my oh, kids are old say, enough. Yeah. They don't really need her in the morning. I wake up, my kids are dressed yeah. sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, no, but I wake up, and then I work totally with my kids, and we get the dog set up, and then, you know, the, the kids eat their little breakfast. And uh, at about – so we get up at 7, and then oh. uh, wow, and then I nice. take them to school at like 8.15, 8.30, and then uh, I'm at the gym at 9. And then uh, – so she's more involved in their after-school care. I'm involved in their before-school care.
1: So – it
2: works out yeah it works out good and then i'm home in the evening on monday wednesday and friday and i stay at the gym late on tuesday and thursday which is nice because i can plan things like this i can plan to see clients late if i need to and uh because that's a part of my income too and uh because that's the hard thing is it's like shit now i'm working in an industry where i got to be available when people want yeah. me to be
1: that's why i never wanted to personal train all the time people used to be it's like, a you bad personal train i'm like dude well, I'm so you can up get up and four o'clock so you can have people cancel on you at yeah, four and then it. not come at seven yeah, at night fuck that oh. like and that's why I think online clientele, the, that business is taking off so much. Because like, I'll gotta, text you at 7 p.m., yeah, but I'm absolutely. not going to be at the gym. I will, fucking, <laughs> I will I will watch all your videos you lift in. I will send you all the information you oh, need. Oh,
2: Caleb, and, you want to text me at 6 a.m.? Okay, yeah. well, while I'm taking a shit yeah. <laughs> in the morning, I will text you back, dog. <laughs>
1: I'll
0: read over all this.
1: Yeah. So speaking of uh, just training clients, like what, what would you say is the biggest thing to mark? And I'm starting to get a little stuffed up here. Sorry, Uh, it's emotional. (laughs) (laughs) That sickness has come. The Tylenols wearing off. Uh, Like, what's your biggest thing that you think that it takes to be successful in this um, uh, in the powerlifting game? Uh, To coach. Yeah. Well, Well, yeah. To to coach and what and just for your clients to be successful as well. Uh, I mean,
2: if I had to guess at three things off the top of my head, it'd be one communication. Ryan and I are effective communicators. Um, you know, good luck not getting your text replied to in five minutes unless it's something I have to sit down and think about. Um, secondly, um, well, and other coaches are shit communicators, so it makes us stand out. Oh, yeah. This <laughs> is um, a generic program. and Almost everybody yeah. leaves coaches to come to us at some point. Like, I'm usually not always somebody's first coach, you know. Um, secondly would be uh, knowledge, obviously, and trying to seek knowledge. Like, that's the – that is something I'm passionate about is seeking knowledge. So I'm always bringing my clients, you know, the shit I'm learning from the very, very, very best I could learn it from, Yep. whether it's Aaron or Dr. McGill or whatever. Um, so I'm always able to bring them that, you know, if you have a question for Ryan, like we're talking about at that minute, we're talking to, you know, the best people that we could ever talk to about that question in the yep. that very minute, you know? Um, so that's another one. And then, um, I guess there's only two. <laughs> no. And then the third one is psychologically coaching people, um, knowing what's going on. Like, uh, you don't know how many times people walk in the door and, um, you know, I say, uh, why are you like this today? <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm like, you, sh- you got shitty energy. What's your problem? Yeah. And then we talk about it and we, you know, um, I've had, I don't want to go into it cause it's not polite to him, but I had a, a client come in that, uh, you know, I was riding his ass about something and then, uh, you know, whatever transpired after that may have saved his life, you know. Um, and uh, just to be able to feel and read that in people and to to coach them, uh, that's how powerlifting affects the rest of your day and life and well-being.
1: Well, you care. I think that's the difference yeah. between a good coach and a bad coach. That's you, true. I mean, you also have a reputation and all that. I mean, I will say that like, even working with Ryan, you know, he's just he will hold you accountable, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, He's not going to just like, if you send him a lift, no matter if it's a PR, no matter how great it was, he's going to critique it.
2: What's funny about that is like you said, he has all those female clients, but he fucking treats you just as good as anybody else. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and man, he, he'll be your ride or die guy. And, uh, and I'm the same kind of way about that, you know? And, and I also think that like being interested in your client's personal development, whether it's emotional, mental, or physical is super important. You know, I'm trying to take my clients to the next step sometimes. Like, after you do our meet four times, like, let's go somewhere else. Let's go to St. Louis. Let's go to Des Moines. Let's go to California. Let's figure this out, you know? Uh, Because, you know, if you are looking to make this, like, a lot of people that I train, like, this is their only hobby. And this is what they're really passionate about. And so sometimes we get caught up not treating it as serious as they maybe want it to be treated, because yeah. we don't take their lifting as serious as ours because they're not as strong. Yeah. And uh, and that's a character flaw. And so, uh, you know, I took one of my clients that really, really gives a shit about this. And I've really kind of turned into his friend and mentor. And uh, I kind of know what I think he wants. And we sat down after the meet and I was like, well, why don't we go out to the West Coast? You know, you were out in Vegas with your family, you know, a couple months ago. You could have done a powerlifting meet out there at some point, you know, if you wanted to do that, if that's what you want in your life. And some people don't. But, uh, you know, I I thought of a meet and I went and looked at the calendar and I was like, oh, there's a guy that you really probably look up to that's putting on a meet. Why don't we fly out there together? If if you can help me with a ticket and I can justify that as a professional expense, then, then I think we should go out there together and do it. I yeah. mean that's a
1: goal for me is to do a meet somewhere else. Yeah. Just it should the, be just for the experience.
0: Well and I just, think yeah. that would make sense. Not everybody's like,
2: ready for that, but when they are they should.
0: Well then at the same time, you know, you see so you, you kind of have reached the peak here, like, you know, locally. You mm-hmm. know. You know, somebody's PR here, you know, you may go to the West Coast and it's, you know, somebody's beginning. It's like, Oh, you know, how did you get to this place? Like, you know, yeah. I it's it's always best to go and see what competition is for like. For me, elsewhere. that's exploring. Well,
2: yeah, yeah. That's you know, fun. Right? people cool. that play golf they love to play golf all over the world yeah you know every I like time, to powerlift all over go. the world people are like you're on vacation don't think about powerlifting I'm like no I'm gonna Fuck find the no. coolest fucking gym and yeah. I'm gonna go there I and I'm she, gonna shell out she
1: thinks I'm crazy cause I'm like anytime we go anywhere yeah. I'm on Google I don't, I'm I like,
2: try not to bring all my shit because I'm it's a like, lot, gonna. but I can go anywhere and bench and
1: deadlift. Yeah. Exactly. I just won't squat. Yeah. You know? um, cause I think we went to Chicago and I went to quads gym. Yeah. You it's know? dope. Should have like, told Fuck. me I would have seen if Ed was there. I was like, holy shit. This is a fucking sick ass gym. It's yeah. fucking massive. Hell yeah. But I, that's cause I mean, anytime I leave, because this is my hobby, and this is the thing I care about mm-hmm. and I'm. I have a hard time explaining it to her like you know she's always like "Well, you've been in the gym for like 2 hours you've been doing the- like, you know Yeah, but, but, I, don't but I don't do I shit know. else. Go to something you want to do but for 2 it, hours. That's Get passionate her about something. I'm like this is yeah. this is what I really enjoy yeah. to do. It's nothing it's nothing better and more accomplishing at least for me. Yeah. Than waking up one day and going in the gym and be like oh shit like when I first started doing this Two twenty five
0: was was a, was a, hope and a Yeah, three fifteen with yeah. no
1: spot was like un unimaginable. You know? I had a
2: client last night, uh they tagged me on their post and she's like, Well, I got a PR, but it was only five pounds. And I was like, "That's yeah, it's five fucking pounds. You, PR, you weigh one right? twenty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, so. Hey, you you her squat was like uh two thirty seven or two thirty two or something like that. I was like, Hey, if you put it so you know, basically like 11 pounds is five kilos and we use yeah. kilos and in, in our, in our sport. And so I was like, look, if you put five kilos on all three of your lifts in one year for this year, that's 33 pounds. And your total is only 610. I said, that's 5%. Yeah. 5 percent's a fuckload load when you've been doing something for years. Mm-hmm. I said, let's say you put 5% on for three years. That's 15%. That'd be like me putting 115 pounds on my squat. I mean, that's, and I'll never do that number again. And she's complaining about the chance to do fifteen percent more. And I and so I put that and then I, I just was thinking about it and then I ended up getting a ton of likes on it and she was like, you know, you're right, that's perspective. And that's what you gotta be good at coaching is to see that and, and to know when people are breaking like that. But the sad thing is when they don't tell you. I hate it when athletes don't communicate. I need to start dropping. If I start making more money at the gym, I'm going to drop everybody that doesn't communicate <laughs> with me. Well, I, think that's <laughs> I don't even, care how positive, like it even is. like
1: you said, the PRs. Like during out throughout this prep, I hit a lot of PRs. I mean, mm-hmm. like Silva helped me get. I got a, a lot fucking stronger than I yeah. was on last year. And although I was very disappointed in how the meet came out to be, he was also like, "Dude, just think about like the progression you made. And when yeah. you do this meet again next year, like you're probably going to be doing like you know like a five, four, six, mm-hmm. which is." A lot more than what you ever expected to do. You know we know I mean?
2: people who've worked ten years that don't get that. Yeah, you know, so it's you like,
1: know? so it's all about perspective of things. But speaking of meats, I mean, so you've how long, have, how long have you been doing doing meats for?
2: Shoot, I don't know, probably five years.
1: So what's the? Because is that a like? Do you make m I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you make money on that. Yeah. So, like, what's the process behind that? you just go to USPA and say, hey, I want to do a meet? Uh, the way I got started
2: in it is I told you somebody hosted one that I thought was a total shit show, and I was like, I could do better than that today. And, uh, you know, I, I always thought there should be better standards. I always thought it should be tighter. And um, so one of the good meet directors in our area wanted to get out of Kansas City and stay closer to home, which was down in southeast Missouri. And uh, – or southwest Missouri, I think. So – as we had gotten more experienced, he was like, hey, you should become a referee. I said, okay. So I had uh, sat for the judge's exam, and I knew the rules really well, and I was very, very stringent. And, and so I was good at being a judge, you know, a referee. And so then after that had kind of come about, he was like, hey, have you guys thought about hosted meets? And so he mentored me, you know, and uh, and I hope that I mentor other people the same way. But he just empowered us and said, hey, you guys are good at this. Like, you should host meets. And I said, okay, we'll try to host a meet. And we had hosted one that wasn't a USPA meet. So then uh, we started getting into hosting uh, USPA meets, uh, based on his mentorship, yeah. and we started raising referees in our area and getting more people experienced. And we have some of the best spotters and loaders in the world at our place.
1: Because I didn't know Green is it? It's Greeno, right? Yeah, I didn't know he was a judge or a ref. He, was just
2: becoming one. Okay. He should have been one five years ago. Yeah. And uh so it's also my job to be a catalyst and say, Hey, stop fucking around, be a judge, you know, and uh see talent where talents do, you know. And uh and so then, you know, Jeff became a photographer and Greeno's a judge now and we have, you know, three or four other judges and uh and
1: jp's a hell of an MC, by the way
2: <laughs> so uh again like you can't bitch about things unless you're willing to do yeah. them and probably one of my biggest achilles heels is i should get somebody else to do that and run the meat from behind the curtain but i just love to do it yeah and it's not because i want to be seen or talked or whatever but i just i know i'm good at it and i think people really like that i do that and uh, i run the music and i run the you know MC. and and sometimes maybe it'd be more effective if somebody only did that and wasn't hosting the meat at the yeah. same time. But again, I'm good under fire and I'm, I'm kind of good at doing all those at once. And so, um, you know, I'm kind of at that point now where, because we are, uh, making money off the meats that I want to do a better job so that it justifies the amount of money we make off the meat, you know? And, uh, because of really well ran meat, you could make a few thousand dollars, you know? Yeah. Um, but you're also giving them a product that's better than anybody else's. So it's justified. So I think a lot of people uh, are too apologetic
1: about making money on shit they're good at. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I mean, there's always a good turnout, at least the two that I've gone to. It was amazing. I mean, it was. Yeah. I mean, that, and that fucking gym was massive. Not a lot of oh, equipment in there. I don't know if they move shit around. For it's you just right CrossFit. Yeah, it's I mean, wide it's open. It's fucking a huge warehouse. Like yeah. your, your guy over there was on the treadmill for like three hours. So i was fucking <laughs> me, whatever yeah. his name is. And Matt was <laughs> yeah. fucking walking the whole time.
2: <laughs> yeah, he was then we can so so anyway uh, uh so that's how we got into hosting meets is uh you know uh now other gyms ask me to go host meets for them because they don't know how to do it yet you know or they don't ever give a shit too and i just i'm just good yeah. at it so i'll set that up for them i'm like look i'll do the entries and i'll get the money off of that i'll run the whole thing you don't have to worry about it all i need is spotters and loaders and you can make money off the door if you want to period and uh and it works out so
1: make money I, off the door reminds me of my old club days. man
0: <laughs> i host six or
2: seven meets a year so
1: yeah
0: yeah the old rap life look if crap. we can just get the door you know what i'm saying you don't need to give us you don't need to give us anything we can yeah just take the door
2: so i uh, you never got the door i count uh i don't count on the money from meets, but it's a nice bonus you know um it's one of those things that when uh something happens or life happens or something's fucked up your budget doesn't take care of it yeah and so you know that's where
1: that'll come in handy okay, or so my, i got a meet coming up in a month i'll be like, able to bounce back from this hey <laughs> I'll, I'll
2: let you know right now i uh this last meet it paid for our family's christmas so that it didn't suck you know um you know this meet it made it so that you know as my account gradually declined over the last seven months it got me back to normal yeah you know and hopefully i can keep it there and if i can't then the meet next month will You know, and, uh, so, so it's part of our lifeblood of, of what we've used to, to be able to support my family now. And, uh, and, but I don't ever want to be greedy in that. Like I always want to be putting on the best possible product and now I'm spending more on the meats and trying to make everything way more grand, um, by, you know, having, I want to get a better set of judging lights. I put up a better backdrop this year. We had better apparel. Um, I invested more money and time into having better apparel, and then I made more money off of it, yeah. <laughs> um, because I gave a shit, you know. Um, so, so that's where uh, that's where we can do better. Although the lights were great,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, you had the lights, you had a TV, you had yeah. the, the, the huge TV for the. So the
2: next step is uh, maybe even getting like a rig that can go over the top of the platform and putting a TV on it that has the lights on it. Yeah, Um, something like that, where it's like more of a big national type stage. Um, What what my goal is to in uh, local meets is a lot of people do our meets and then go compete at bigger meets at nationals or whatever. And I want everybody to get an experience at our meet that's going to make them ready for the big stage. Yeah, like people that do our meets are ready for the next big thing. Um, they're not shocked when they get there. They're not shocked when the judges are strict cause my judges are good. Um, everybody walks out with a lift that they earned. Um, you can't say that about everybody. You can't say that about every meet. You can't say every meet pre- pre- prepare, somebody to go to nationals.
1: Every meet and every federation.
2: Yeah. So, uh, so that's why we do things the way that we do them. And that's why, uh, we started doing that. And then, um, and yeah, it turned into something that's good at helping us make a little money. But, uh, and, but that also makes the gym better too. We ordered six thousand dollars of racks this month. <laughs> you yeah, know, I saw that. We've we've probably spent well over ten thousand dollars in the last two months on the gym. Actually, more like fifteen. Cool. So,
1: powerlifting is a very expensive sport. It is. Yeah. Like it's for the little amount of as soon as I think I'm, <laughs> as soon as place. I
2: think I'm fucking done building that gym, I'm gonna have to buy five bars. You know, it's like yeah. I, I know that's coming. You know, um, you're never done. Mm-hmm. Your equipment's never good enough. It's never advanced enough it's never it's never okay
1: well it's, a, it's an evolving sport and it's also it's been around for so long yeah. but it's it's rapidly growing a lot more that's uh, probably
2: what makes us different from everybody else is a lot of the gyms that you go to the gyms with the mismatched dumbbells and the gyms with the dank dark atmosphere whatever is sometimes they don't ever evolve and then they die yeah we're gonna evolve and stay alive
1: i agree with that so i, I mean I, I talk to you all the time and you've got that's why we have, pretty, have style. Pretty big plans, and yeah. you told me about some of the things that you want to do. And it's, yeah. it's, you've you've created a very inclusive environment for yeah. everybody who's either starting in the sport or who's actually really great in the sport. Yeah. And I think people can come into strong barbell and still have confidence whether they're weak mm-hmm. as fuck or whether they're yeah, strong totally. as fuck. Yeah, you
2: know? uh, totally. Beginners, intermediates, and advanced should all feel okay there. Yeah. Um, and everybody should feel welcomed in some way.
1: Like people are willing to help you, people are willing to spot you. Some
2: people get a bad experience, but if they do, it's because they're really, really fucking soft. Yeah. Because uh, we're not that hardcore. <laughs> and uh, for as good as we are at it, we're not assholes, we're not hardcore, we're not tough guys. Um, you know, and that should start at the top. It always should. And uh, I think that's why it is the way that it is, but uh but yeah, you know, I've got one year plans, I've got three year plans, I've got five year plans, I've got ten year plans, hopefully I get to all of them,
1: yeah, you know like what are you what are you what are your some some of your biggest goals going forward uh, um like personal life wise, owning a gym wise
2: I think some of my biggest goals uh you know, obviously, I want to make my my kids' lives as painless as possible, you know, I want' them to have some of it, obviously, yeah, <laughs> but uh. <laughs> You know, I want their life to be painless. I want something to be concrete and a foundation for us that we always have to stand on. And, uh, you know, I have, I, you know, I've, I've also lived with some failures. Like, I'm still in my starter house and we've been married 10 years. You know, I don't want that, you know. I want to move into a place that's way too fucking big for us, like you have right here. Right? You know, <laughs> um, but I've also made decisions that I thought were going to be based on happiness that kept me from that. You I, know,
1: I married into my money though. <laughs> hey, smart move. Smart move.
2: <laughs> the uh, but that's the thing is, it's like, look, you know, um, there's way more successes than failures. Absolutely. And uh, and some of those those things that I see as failures, they're not failures, but they are. You know things that happen because of decisions that were hopefully made on something that was even more pure than being yeah. in a bigger place. You know,
0: and just, I think that just comes from, like you said, like a, a failure is a failure, depending on who's looking at it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It seems like you're really happy where you're at, really content. It seems like your kids are getting yeah. everything that they want. It seems like your your marriage is, you know, yeah. is thriving. So you know, a failure is just like oh. I wish I would have made this move to put us in this position. We're not in a bad position, Mm -hmm. but I'd like to be. I would have liked to have been here.
1: I think you always want more for yourself, but sometimes you have to take a step back and be like, "Holy shit!" It could have been so much worse. Look at what I'm doing right now. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I own a gym.
2: Well, I think our lives would be a lot scarier if we did pull the trigger on the bigger house. If we did do this and that, like we live comfortably. You know, our house isn't tiny, but it's you know, with two kids and two dogs, you know, we'd rather be in a bigger place. But uh, you know, we were able to make a decision to be more stable. You made a sacrifice. I still got to leverage it to build a gym. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> that's important too. Yeah. Um, so maybe maybe we stayed in our five year home for ten years, but you know, if we end up there for thirteen years, but then we get, you know, ten more years of happiness, then I'm psyched.
1: And you've probably got equity perhaps, you know, built into the home. Yeah. And, yeah. The know, market
0: should be doing pretty good still. Yeah. Um Irv Gotti said uh one time. Um, right when I, when um, Murder Inc went under, they they were doing like an interview, and he was in like one of his one of his uh, condos or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, like what did you what did you do? Like, you know, when it you know when the feds came and when they took everything, he goes, Well, one of the smartest things that I did was people thought I was crazy, but I paid cash mm-hmm. for all of these houses, two yeah. million cash, two million cash. Like I paid cash for all of these. So when Murder Inc went under. These houses actually saved me because I was able to flip them. I was able to do this, that, and the third. So it's like, yeah, like it could have been way worse. So I'm just grateful that I had the foresight, you know, then to be like, you know what, this money, let me go ahead and just blow it on Mm. this, and now it'll let now it lets me do this, that, and the third. So it's like, you know, perspective, man.
2: For sure, for sure, absolutely. And uh, you know, this kind of fits in some of the topics you guys get into here and there. But when uh, we did need to refinance the house to, to fund the gym. Um, you know, I had equity built in it and I think I pulled out like 25 grand out of the house. Oh yeah. But, uh, when, uh, when we did that, it reappraised for 40 more than I bought it for. Yeah. And, uh, I originally, when we bought the house, I only had three and a half percent to put down. So I had PMI insurance. Yep. Yeah. So my payment with my loan on the house ended up being the exact same when I refinanced and I lost PMI. Oh, sure. So I got to fund the gym. My house payment's the same within $50 and I got to uh, get rid of PMI. So it worked so out. So I feel like I won. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we refinanced our,
0: <laughs> before we bought our new house. We're, Dom and I both bought our houses, what a week, we closed a week apart. From each other. Yeah. Um, but we had refinanced um maybe five or six months before yeah. and the market had just been so good. Yeah. We ended up buying our house at like one nineteen five yeah. years ago and then it appraised at like uh when we refinanced at one like one seventy or something. Yeah, and we ended up selling it, it for one ninety. Yeah. We were like, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and get rid of this house. Like, yeah. and we'll I, be fine.
2: We sh- if we were in a better position transitionally, we would have been able to do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just wasn't in the cards at that yeah. moment. The thing that sucks is when you know better and you're, like, paying the same for your house that you yeah. pay for one that's twice the size. That's like, what we...
3: Like,
1: and, like, even even buying this home, like, it was a very big decision for yeah. us. But we were in a house that was great. Um, it was a beautiful home. We We took very good care of it. We did a lot to it. But we just needed a little bit more. Yeah. So we, we had to have the conversation of like, okay, like realistically our our mortgage went up 600 bucks, 700 yeah. bucks, but you know, I have, I have a pretty good job. She's got a really good job. And we were just both in a position to be like, all right, this is what I can afford before mm-hmm. we even started looking at a house. Like this yeah. is what I can put down every single month right. on a house. Right. This is what you can put down. And it just ended up working out in the end.
2: Yeah. And, uh, really, I mean, I, honestly like my house doesn't fucking make me happy i don't give a shit about it as long as i have a place where i like to do what i like to do yeah And my kids are stoked and it's warm and it's cool and all those things uh that that part of it i don't really give a shit about um you know, because I grew up in smaller houses. My parents live in a great house now. I wish they would have had that when I was in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they live
0: on like a sweet, sweet farm and it's now. Strange, strange, how that works. <laughs> yeah, no shit.
1: Yeah, I grew up in an apartment. My mom's got like a four bed, four bath house now by yeah, herself. Exactly. I like, appreciate so it. So weird. Where'd all this extra money come <laughs> <Yeah>. from? <laughs>
2: uh, so, uh, so for me, like you know, as long as we get into a different place, by the time my kids are in high school and I can get them in the school I want them in. Then uh, that's all I give a shit about. But the elementary schools are great, and there hasn't been a problem. And geographically, we're in a great spot for us. So yeah. Um, so you know, we're still going to get the things that we want to get, but it's not going to be at the time we thought we were going to get them. Yeah.
1: Well, I feel like this was
0: a casual as fuck conversation. This was, this I'm going to be honest.
1: This was a more of like <laughs> super casual. No, I thought it was great. No, I think it was. <laughs> I think it was more of like I'm sure most of the podcasts you've gone on have been a little bit more informational in regards to powerlifting and all yeah. that. And I feel like this was just an opportunity for people who are in the powerlifting community just to get to know you as a person. Yeah. You know, I thought. The I, man behind I, the powerlift. I kind of thought we would talk a lot more about powerlifting, but at the same time, I'm not disappointed in the fact that we didn't. Yeah, so I no, like I think that people you. get really shocked that that's like not what I talk yeah, about. Yeah, it's like you we, know? Got, we got to know you really well. We got to know your life. Yeah. I mean, I have some homies who had some questions they wanted me to ask you, but I'm also at a point where I'm like. Fire a couple. I'll be do quick. I, do I really need to ask them? Uh, one of them was, he was like, ask him about training intensity yeah. and recovery and yeah. what his thoughts were on that.
2: Four days a week, two upper, two lower, uh, recover as hard as you train. Uh, you don't need to be there five or six days. Any client I've ever taken that did five or six days and I programmed four, they never fucking ask for more. Yeah. That's how it is. I mean, I, I if I, you got more time, do more back.
1: I started training every other day and that, yeah. that worked out really well for me.
2: I don't know anybody that eats well that has a problem recovering.
1: Yeah. So if there's a problem, fix your diet. And then the other question was tapering off before meat, which mm. I, I mean, I think that that's a very easy yeah. thing to do, but a lot of people don't Yeah, it's don't do not it. hard.
2: Like, so tapering before meat, like, it's just important to, uh, to, like, Ryan and I really never cut intensity. <laughs> no, we do not You know, we keep intensity high, but we always keep it achievable. Um, I think where people uh, would have a bad experience with that is if they, uh, peak early, push too hard too early, um, push too hard too late. Um, there's a time where, you know, you, you need to be peaked and it takes somebody somewhat experienced to figure that out, I think. Uh, some people are always ready and that's fine. Um, but for me, like, I uh, I pretty gradually cut volume and usually I cut it in their accessories and um, their secondary movements, not in their main movement. Yeah. Um, because we, we typically keep people in a strength block through their main movement the whole way. And what I mean by a strength block is that... Uh, you know, we keep people working in a range where they're always gaining strength. Not necessarily hypertrophy. I do that with my accessories. Um, but uh, we keep people in the strength block. So uh, I feel like our athletes, um, Ryan and I program totally differently, but we still both probably want our athletes always feeling like they're about ready to compete in about eight weeks.
1: I think it's just also part of the athlete not following the program but not mm-hmm. o- overpush themselves. Because, like yeah. – yeah, like there's times where I always I'll work gotta out, tell
2: my athletes to hold back, like stop. Grinding. I go, I go
1: super conservative, man. Yeah. Like I'll, go, like we went one day, you know, Ryan had a, you know, a top, a top, a top, yeah. a top single, basically yeah. a PR yeah. or a max out rep, and so yeah. I, I did, you know, not a PR, but I was also like, I have some in the tank, but I really don't think that I need to necessarily push myself yeah. currently, and I think that's where a lot of guys end up shooting themselves in the foot and powerlifting is that Mm -hmm. they're not able to put their egos aside. So they go into the gym or they want to work out with their friends and their friends are doing something, but you're on a program and you're like, "Fucking, I'm going to max out anyway.
2: Yeah, it's, it's both. There's two evils there. One evil is not trying hard enough and one evil is uh, trying too hard. And, uh, typically my clients side, they're not as mature as you, they're not as cerebral as you. And so, uh, a lot of times, like most people aren't, you know? And uh, a lot of times uh, they push themselves too hard and I have to pull them back because they're trying to be somebody they're not. Or they're trying to be what they want to be and uh, not who they are. I want them to be comfortable with who they are and then put in the work to get better. Yeah. If that makes sense.
1: I mean, there's been plenty of times during this last prep I would just straight up text him. like, this is what I just did? What do you think? Mm -hmm. Or I'd be like, you know, I just did 450 was super easy. Should I jump to five? And he'd be like, no, you should earn it. Yeah, So why don't you do 475 see how that feels? Yeah, and course. that made a lot more sense to me.
2: Uh, so uh, I think this is the theme of our conversation. As we get into one thing and it ends up into another, yeah. it's probably uh, better for your mind. And uh, so I have you know one client that I work super close with that uh, I've become close with as a friend. And he'll ask me questions. He used to ask me. He doesn't do this shit anymore. But he used to ask me questions like, uh, well, what do you think of where I am? And I'm like, compared to who? yourself or everybody that you want to be yeah and uh, i'm like i wish that you would love yourself more about this because i know that's easy to say coming from the thousand pound squatter but i don't give a shit if it's a thousand or if it's 500 i want you to feel great about you and if you can look back at the last year and honestly think that you got better then you should be pretty fucking proud of that and 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 i don't want you to talk bad about yourself anymore this is bullshit and so finally i've got him locked into the process of his own self you know, and that's what that's important of. It's like, you know, are you going to come home and be a shitty dad because you're mad that you're not somebody else? No. Like, you need to come home and feel good about you and what work you put in. And if you feel bad, make it be about something you didn't do because you could have been better.
1: You got to make it fun. And you also have to love, like J. Cole said, love yours. <laughs> yeah. Like, even in the, like the meet, you know, guys will talk to me all the time. Like, what do you think you're going to do? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm going in a meet and I'm going to hit the numbers that I want to hit my head. I don't, yeah. I don't give a fuck about these other guys. Yeah. Like I'm gonna cheer him on what I, what I loved of one sure. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to fucking kill myself or, right. you know, over, over the fact that you to know, feed did, what somebody yeah. else thinks like, I should have
0: done. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm going to go in there with numbers in my head that I know I yeah. should hit. And if I hit them, I hit them. Yeah. Um, I think the last question someone asked was cutting before meat. Yeah. It's stupid if you're not good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so here's, I, think
1: it, I honestly think it, it hurt me a little bit.
2: Yeah, it probably did. It, uh, it's just an unnecessary stimulus. Uh, you know especially if you're not in a position where you're uh you know doing something super significant for your class now even if it's significant to you that's okay Uh, i'm okay with that and uh and i think that you know sometimes that ryan and i get a little jaded on things like state records that we don't give a shit about like i think i have like four but i don't even know what they are like i've never looked like and one time i did look they were all wrong Because I never submit them, because I don't care. Yeah, Uh, but that's just me, and I can't hold my views against other people and what they think is successful, and and that's a flaw in me. Um, But uh, I think that so what he's talking about is when you go into a meet, like let's say, you know, I've got a I've got a high school athlete to 17, and before the last meet, he was at 186 pounds, and he cut five pounds. He should have been at 195 for 198. And been as strong as possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would have been more productive for him overall because what he did by cutting weight was set himself back. So however many years he gets to train, he just lost however much progress he had in the middle there from all the weight that he tried to cut when he was at a deficit. Right. And so he held himself back. Now he was really proud of some records that he set, but he had a pretty bad meat. Um, He had all PRs, but it was still a shitty meet. (laughs) Um, And so the thing is, it could have been so much better. Uh, One of my jobs is to teach people how to win, and I didn't teach them how to win. Um, So we had a half-hour meeting the other night and sat him and his dad down and said, hey, here's what I want your training to look like from here on out. Here's what you're not doing that I want you to do. Here's what the weight classes are. and Here's what I want you to weigh. Um I'm thinking about you for the next 5 years, not for the next 5 months. Yeah. And and you need to think about you for the next 5 years, not the next 5 months. I think I'm just going to tell Are they me. receptive. Totally. Yeah, his dad was is a good great person.
1: I think the toughest position for me is that I compete at 198 and if I don't make 198 it's only 198 to 220. Yeah. So it's like a huge weight gap, it, And I it usually is. I usually walk around at like 205, so cutting yeah. down usually isn't that hard right. and I my goal was to not be over right. two hundred pounds the whole prep, but right. I just was. Food wise, I wasn't really there, and yeah. diet wise, I wasn't there, so I got up to like almost two twenty at yeah. some point. At The beginning of the prep, I was like two twenty. I was like, "Well, fuck." Oh, I, so I mean, you are two twenty pounds, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, yeah. And I was, so, I, but I, but I wasn't used to being that big. It was yeah. just the fact that I was eating like shit and doing whatever. So I then I got yeah. down to like two o five. And then, like, two weeks out, I started doing a lot of cardio. So then there's, the weekend, there's I did two, two things cut, that can happen. And I was like, oh, fuck. And you like,
2: can either be disciplined all year and weigh 200 and be 198 yeah. and skip one meal and make weight. Or you can be fat and happy. You get, two, <laughs> you, get, you get two options. And one takes extreme discipline and one does not. Yeah. Okay. Or you can be big and take extreme discipline to be the best big version of yourself possible. That's what we would argue is probably the best.
1: Yeah. You know, you can cut later. And I even said, like, going into this meet, I was like, I really don't give a shit if I make weight. But then I was like, I signed up for 198, I need to make weight. So that's that's fine,
2: but just understand that the change is literally, like, 25 seconds for me and the computer to change that. Yeah. (laughs) I don't give a shit. (laughs) So, that's why I don't put rosters out in advance, because nobody's disciplined enough to do what they say, you know? A lot of people are, but, like, Cade, he sat in that sauna off and on for probably eight hours the night before weigh-in.
1: That's what I did. Well, not eight hours, though, but...
2: It was literally from, like, 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. Shit. So, that takes a lot of discipline.
1: But that's also a guy that, at his weight class, he's gonna gonna really set a a certain standard.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but, so, that's also the guy that won the meet, so... He had a little bit different, like, uh, set of things riding on what was happening, you okay. know. So, uh, I just I'm not a fan of people uh, sabotaging their strength for something that's a little more arbitrary, you know. So, and if there's a record there that's important to you, then yeah, yeah, sure, go for that. I think that's really important. But um, if there's not, just you know, fuck it, do do something more meaningful. Be big, yeah. big, big and strong.
1: I don't have any records in my in in mind really. Yeah. I mean, I just look at the 198 and 220 class. I think you got to be realistic with yourself. Mm -hmm. And, like, even just back to even parenting, you have to be realistic with your kids when it comes to sports. Like, the 198 is record number one for total, it's like 2,200 pounds or 2,100 pounds. Like, I'm never going to be that. Mm -hmm. Like, no matter how, I mean, yeah, sure, if I really wanted to dedicate my life to this, but powerlifting is something I love and I just love to do it and I love to compete. But I don't love to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to you know spend like it's your day. it's your passion yeah, yeah. project like right. you yeah, get, like you I get the
0: enjoyment out of the whole process I not did. of actually uh, getting
2: this accolade getting I think know. what's so funny about it is like I'm so much more laid back about cutting weight than people that don't make a living on the sport <laughs> you know yeah. like uh it's like so much more in somebody else's brain than it is even in mine and maybe it's cuz I'm super heavy but um I think that uh even Boris Shaco who's like the most well-known powerlifting coach of all time in the world uh Boris Shako from Russia. I read an article from him last year where he said, uh, even the best people in the world should if you're a two twenty lifter, you should compete at two forty two and do your best and then for a really big competition cut down one time. You know, once a year. And uh I think that's a really good way to look at things too, maybe is like get as big and strong as you can and then make that cut the one time it matters. Yeah. So that that's how sense. that's what he instructs even the best people in the I think, world. I think I so. think
1: also you gotta think about it. It's like okay, yeah, if I if I didn't walk into this meet at two oh five, like I usually work mm-hmm. you know, walk around it or two oh four. But let's say I actually got as strong as I could have possibly been. Yeah. I might not have totaled better than these guys, but at least my Wilkes would have been better than probably well, some of these guys. So
2: so what I'm what i what I'm curious about, because it's all what a woulda, shoulda, could game now, is uh, what if you weighed 205 and, yeah, you got the shit kicked out of you, maybe at 220, but your numbers might have all been better? What would have made you happier?
1: Exactly, the numbers would have made you better. Yeah. What would have made me happier? Yeah,
2: because so. you weren't driven by the one two three placing. You were driven by the numbers making you happier. Yeah. Now, let's say we do that for three years, okay? Are the numbers better and the placings better? Probably Likely yeah Yeah so that's That's what Ryan and I Are looking
1: at And when's your next meet April
2: Uh May 2nd
1: Well not there. I know you have one in January But
2: uh, I have one in January One in February In Wichita And one in April
1: And the April one is I'm here? sorry May 2nd. May is here Yeah
2: Okay So Uh you can either do that one Or we can go somewhere
1: Fun We're talking about a guy's trip Yeah, yeah. Should do it
2: Whitney we're talking about a guy's trip <laughs> oh, a, little, a little
0: late Oh yeah Yeah <laughs> Whatever we want to talk about after nine is our business. Absolutely. No, no, no. I mean, she's going to hear it and be like, oh, what are you going to tell me? I'll tell you now. Hey, we're, we're thinking about doing a guy's trip in February. Just something to think about. Every So I've done like,
2: uh, I don't know, probably a couple dozen podcasts. And so uh, every once in a while I'll get like the day it gets dropped, I'll get a little text. that's a soundbite. And she'll be like, uh, so what's this mean? <laughs> <laughs> i'm like well, what do you mean what does it mean <laughs> I, I don't know uh, one time I, I don't know the context so i'll tell dom knows who this is uh ed cohen mm-hmm. one time i said something that wasn't even mean about it it was just something and uh and he called me the next day and was like, uh, hey, so I heard what you said and I've done this for X amount. And he was like pissed at me. <laughs> and I was like, And I swear that's not what I meant. <laughs> but I try not to say things that get take, me in trouble. Don't take
1: it too literal. Yeah, yeah. But also when you're on when you're on a podcast and you're having a good conversation, sometimes you just you say shit. You're
2: like entertaining your friends yeah, and having I mean, a good time.
1: I'm not trying to intentionally talk shit on you, but I need yeah. to just talk a little shit on you to make the conversation interesting. Yeah, I don't
2: need Caleb calling me being like black people snort too, JP. Yeah. <laughs>
1: No they don't No they don't
2: <laughs> I'd be like Whatever Caleb You're half <laughs> Don't fucking talk to me You don't, you don't know my life <laughs> But yeah I think He's
1: a solid guy though Yeah totally I think even not even harp on myself Put on that meet. I, I think I changed my game plan Too much last minute too yeah. And, and I, I didn't stick to what I Yeah Am comfortable doing And I was trying to switch it up To make sure that I was Quote unquote Performing at my best Sure yeah. So Yeah uh, Life lessons I'm gonna keep right. having fun with it though What's that
2: movie? That's just proud fucking with you Yeah <sighs> What movie is that? I don't remember. You remember that? That's
0: oh, hold on. That's so that movie. That's what's, okay. Hold on, hold on. Uh what's the line? Is that from Baby Boy? That's just pride fucking with you. It's Ving Rames says. Yeah, that's I, what
2: I'm saying. In, he's in Baby Boy. Th- yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's that might Baby be Baby Boy. Boy. Yeah. He's the dad. That's when we need the <laughs> that's when we need the the clip bitch. Ving Rames dad's like I dad. Uh, <laughs> powerful, powerful lines. Yeah
2: yeah uh, my dad was mean to me he would say things like i'm great friends with my dad now but uh one time i was driving his 1968 442 which is like a cutlass but like hopped up yeah and uh so uh, i always tell people it's the cutlass and the nelly videos but the faster version mm. and uh because that's where people see that car yeah. the old cutlass and uh so i was driving it for a little while in high school <laughs> And, uh, I, I had snow on the back window and I was in a hurry and I was leaving my house for lunch and I backed in the Schwann's food delivery truck. Uh, and when I got home that night, he didn't even act mad. He just didn't make fiction. Got,
0: yes. There
2: goes, fiction. Thank you go. Full picture. It's like my yeah. favorite movie. I session. know
0: uh, you're right.
2: So, um, but that, his character in Baby Boy had a similar attitude. Yeah, Bing plays the same guy so, every movie. So it's, it's the
0: voice. It, it put it locks him into one yeah. role.
2: He's always got a little thin mustache and that voice. <laughs> and uh, mustache. <laughs> so uh, my dad, he's didn't even make eye contact with me, and he goes, uh, "I was like, hey, I'm sorry, I backed the car into the thing. I was probably 16." And he goes, uh, "No, it's no big deal, man. It's not like they make those anymore." <laughs> it's not like they make that bumper anymore. <laughs> it's like yeah, no, don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. It's not like I can fix it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was true. like shit. Man.
2: <laughs> not even mad, and disappointed. Man.
1: I've personally just had to live my life like that and I think it makes my life a lot better when I just don't stress myself out about things. Especially I, shit that fucks up. I've gotten like a, better. She'll forget about something in the house I'm just like you know what? Like if that glass fell and it shattered, mm-hmm. I'd be a little upset, but you know what? The glass is still shattered. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's still shattered
0: still broken you know i I still got to pick up the
2: shards as i've gotten more stressed out i've gotten way better like you know i handle situations that are tough a lot better now yeah um i'm able to uh i'm not gonna lie man i only did it a few times but that meditation changed me yeah like the way that i look at problems and the way that i look at like how i feel about myself when a problem arises uh
0: You know, I'm able to really uh, pull back. I mean, internalizing is really, it's really important, especially for for men as a whole. You have to take a step back. Uh, I have to type things and delete it six times sometimes. And so I'm challenging
2: myself to like come back with the most gracious response that I can. The
1: biggest thing I always read was that if you have to type out a long email response, just delete it and don't reply. I've been doing that. Just
2: delete it. Hey, you I, know what else feels really good? This is going to be petty and funny, but <laughs> I taught some people to do this. I taught somebody to do this where I'll see something that I want to comment on, but it's only going to create conflict and I don't have time in my life for conflict. So, I'll type something really nasty and I'll take a screenshot of it and send it to somebody that'll appreciate it and that makes me satisfied. Mm, that works too. Yeah, it makes me feel good. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, I have, I'll I'll have friends in the military that do that to like their COs because <laughs> oh, they can't send it. <laughs> oh no, no, no. at <laughs> all. But they'll send it to each other and feel better about it. <laughs> oh, you better, he better, he better, hope, he better be lucky he didn't that get this. Sh- hope that have <laughs> every hope in a not I almost like click the yeah. button
0: I'm like shit. Her <laughs> my previous email. Uh, would you just delete?
1: You just gotta learn how to bite if your tongue and just you know what and just understand that people are fucking stupid yeah. and people are going to live the way they want to live and, and sometimes it's just not worth Hypically, having like the conversation.
0: Yeah. Probably a solid 90% I would say like it's yeah. not
1: and it's hard for me because I'm a very argumentative person. Yeah. I like to argue. I like I almost thrive on controversy. But other people don't exactly. and you know that. So I'm just. Like, so, you're so then just what's like, the look, point
2: of doing it? We're not getting anything out of this. Yeah. You know. I, I'm finally to that point where I don't give a shit if I'm right or wrong. I'll just
0: let it go. Yeah. Is like is it gonna change? Are you gonna change your opinion on it? Like you're not gonna admit that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Like you like I know that you're not gonna admit that you're wrong. Everybody can know that you're wrong, but your pride is not that's just pride fucking <laughs> with you. It's yeah, not it gonna lies. let you be like, you know what, you are right. My bad. So All I right, just, so
1: so before we leave, I got three questions for you. I it's kinda of popped up in my head, but okay. I need a, I need a fairly quick answer. All right. What's your be- what's your favorite water? Oh uh,
2: shit. Um come on, buddy. Flavored or unflavored? Unflavored. Unflavored? Yeah. (sighs) Right now, Body Armor's great. Okay. Because it's readily available. You can get it easy. Like It's really good. It's got a wide mouth top. The bottle's not too tall and skinny, so it doesn't knock over easy. So that's a
1: flavored water, isn't it? Body Armor's not. They have
2: regular water. It's just high in pH. Okay. Some may say it's flavored because it's great.
1: Favorite energy drink?
2: Favorite energy drink, uh, Rain Strawberry right now. Okay,
1: I'm a big rain guy as well Yeah,
2: most of the rain flavors are good I
1: think that they made those for adults Because they're not too sweet Yeah And honestly, you said something the other day Before I get to my third question about the uh, And I think me and him even talked about it Because, you know, we run Rich Dad Society Mm -hmm. It was the labeling of names of flavors Yeah Instead of just being completely honest about what the fuck it is because we were trying. Hey, to, we were trying so to. I got a haircut yesterday, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs>
2: and the girl put some beard oil in my beard, and it smelled so good. And I'm very picky. Like I said, the cologne thing, I'm super picky. And Versace. I don't like pine scented stuff, but I do like sandalwood, like that softer, uh-huh. warmer, like a vanilla and wood, like. Boss by Hugo Boss is a really good like vanilla oh, warm yeah. scent. Yep, especially in the winter. I'm sorry, and it goes really great with like my uh, my coconut and uh, vanilla deodorant I've been wearing. Mm. And so, uh, vanillas straight. a really good blend.
1: He's really trying to set the move when he gets home. Man, I'm really bit. trying to set the vibe. <laughs> for myself even. <laughs>
2: so, uh, for me, um, what was the question? Uh, oh, so s- smells and yeah. uh, like naming things. So I look up at the girl cutting my hair, and she puts his beard oil, and I'm like, "Shit, that smells great." I was like, "What? What scent is that?" And she goes, uh, "Devil's delight."
1: Oh. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, fucking great? <laughs> like
2: the stuff I put on yeah. is
1: sandalwood. I'm gonna call Walmart. Hey, do you guys have that? It's it smells like devil's Shit. delight it's a devil's ball no it's a devil's, devil's delight. are you
0: familiar with that scent
1: yeah. well i feel like a fucking corny asshole saying devil's delight well we were so we just came out with the lotions and uh-huh. we were trying to figure out the name that's what i was telling him. i was like just say what the fuck it is yeah like <laughs> honestly like and i and for me people people don't give a fuck about the name yeah you buy a product because you like the product right. if i'm if i'm shopping for lotions and i like scented lotions, right I'm going to crack it open. I'm going to smell it. I'm not even going to look at the fucking-
2: I'm cool with you saying, like, if it's a pine scent, if it said Aspen, and then underneath Aspen, it said, like, piney and warm vanilla. Yeah. Cool. But I just want to know what it is. And here's what set me off on it, because he saw me do a rant on it. (laughs) I, I was trying to buy beard oil, and I know what I like. I like sandalwood. That's what I wanted. And so- all these companies. So I Google beard oil. So what are the next 75 advertisements I get on Instagram? Beard fucking, fucking beard oil. And so there's this one that looked really cool and it had great reviews. And I was like, okay, cool. And they're like, it comes in eight cents. And I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to know what they are. Cause I'm super picky. They were like, Viking warship. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, who's the asshole that sits here and comes up with this yeah. shit? Like, this guy. <laughs> I'm like, uh, hey, I'm sorry. What? Uh, sorry. What? What? What?
0: Like, what wife, do you know? How do you know what a Viking like, warship what, sounds? What's like? that
1: smell? Viking worship. What?
0: What's Loki
2: smell like? Yeah, you had to be there. Yeah, and also I'm not obsessed with trying to be some fucking Viking. I'm not. So get yeah. off me with that culture.
1: I just want some fucking beard oil <laughs> for my ear, for my yeah. fucking beard. Yeah,
2: dog Like, and so all I want is it to say. Sandalwood. So then we named it vanilla and pine. And, and, <laughs>
0: yeah, and left great.
2: it super simple. It yeah, like, dog, uh, and every single person that sees it knows it exactly what it exactly. is. Exactly. And it made it really
0: easy to sell like, oh, and what's that scent? Literally and vanilla and at the and end pine. of the
1: day, everybody that when we had it out at the vendor event we yeah. did, they smelt it. That's yeah. all they cared about. is what it smelled yeah. like. They didn't
2: hey, even look at the So plant. let's think of this too. What if they order it and it's, you know, Ragnarok. I'm like okay yeah. cool, now it smells like shit. Now I'm never gonna order anything from them ever again. Yeah. But what if it says vanilla and pine, and I'm not like that great with it? Well, okay, so let's but say we love the first one. I the second one we're getting, not that into. Yeah. They knew what <laughs> well, they I knew were what, getting I, into. I, what I fucking knew, signed I up for. Knew what I was yeah. getting. At least it's accurate, yeah. and then yeah. then they can trust you the next time.
1: This this is a fucking Joe Rogan podcast. Today, yeah, man. Two yeah. and a half hours. Uh, Damn. Who's sorry. No, I don't it. Two twenty nine oh seven. Give. I got
2: nothing going on. <laughs> I feel like it's been a half hour.
1: Doesn't doesn't phase me at all. Yeah. Uh, who is your? I'll ask you another question too. Who's your favorite powerlifter, and what's your favorite gym besides yours?
2: Well, Super Training Gym. Okay, not everybody gets to go there. It's awesome. Yeah,
1: it, I would love to go there. Sometime.
2: I mean, I think there's some there's some like pristine gyms that are like like hybrid or like a uh, sand Strength in uh, San Francisco. I don't really want to go, though, because they named it after some stupid comic show I've never seen. (laughs) Like, everybody that's obsessed with cartoons and shit, I'm like, no, I'm not into that. is in Miami, isn't it? They
1: have a location in Miami? Yeah, Miami. Yeah. I almost went there when I was in Miami, but I Mm -hmm. ended up going to, uh, because it looked too nice.
2: There's places I haven't been, like Quads, that I'd like to go to, and some places like that. The Indy City Barbell, I've got a friend that owns that. Most of the places I want to go to, I want to go there, because the people I know I'm going to talk to. Is that dude
1: really only 22 that owns it? Indy City Barbell.
2: Uh No, Steve is, like, my age, but Garrett is 22. He okay. helps manage it.
1: Okay. So. Yeah. Now, Quad Gym is cool, man. It's yeah. very big. I wouldn't say it's it definitely yeah. not a lot of powerlifting. Equipment there's there. a lot of
2: places I'd like to go, man. Like, there's so many I'd like to go see. Um, there's some I don't give a shit about, but.
1: We, so, some of the guys, like, Aaron and I discuss, yeah. like, doing just, like, a tour. Like, because I, I do some films, so we're like, uh eh. When we travel and go to gyms and we'll fucking film it and we'll do our little review on it and have a fucking blast.
2: Yeah. I mean, I've been to some really cool gyms and I've, but what always stands out is who you see there. That's true. You know, um, like it's cool to go to Chris Duffin's gym and be like, Oh, like these are the things that you have developed out of your brain. That's cool. Yeah. Like tell me why, you know, and then I get into that, you know, um, stuff like that I think is really cool. So I thought you could go to super training. You can. But it's kind of hard to, like, it's a free gym, but you have to, like, be in the know. You, you know? know somebody. And then on Sundays you can go. It's public. Oh, uh, okay. So they have a public day, and they have, like, a store there. But if you want to go there any other day, you got to call them. Like, it's like my gym. Like, I'm there all the time, but, like, I might have a doctor's appointment and not be able to let you in. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like we're a private gym. Like, it's locked all the time. It's not staffed. I don't have the money to staff it. Um, so people like, need to understand it's private. Like somebody called me this morning and didn't leave a message. I'm like, hello, <laughs> like, is this the gym? I'm like,
1: well, yeah, if you want to talk about the gym, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you gotta, I gotta, it's private. Give me a shout. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I, when I went, even the other night when I went, um, someone let me in And then I had to hit yeah. you up And be like Alright I, I keep forgetting that No one's here Yes So how the f- How, <laughs> how yeah. can we pay you Everybody's cool about it though yeah. It's no big deal uh, You know yeah, I'm good for it Yeah there's There's
2: solutions um, So uh, <laughs> there There's six brothers here What are
3: you I don't want
2: to talk to them Yeah <laughs> <laughs> No but uh they it's said they're here to live Should, we don't should, trust we, them. should let them in They just turned the music to Nas <laughs> okay. Ooh, Solid Solid music selection <laughs> So I, I'm very picky about my hip hop Oh that's a, that's a good one. I don't know out. a lot of it, but I'm super picky. But on. what
0: I do know, I really know. Do you like AZ? I mean, AZ, or AZ is like, he's really just another form of Nas. Yeah.
2: Well, so A Z like the legendary album. When I caught on to it, I heard it at the barbershop. Of course, <laughs> it's also where I found J Cole. Um, of course, even though he's super popular, like that's where I heard it. You know, yeah. yeah. And so, and then I didn't hear a song that you would have heard on the radio
0: first. You know, that's that's. I mean, uh, the warm up tape was my introduction into J Cole. In yeah. that, oh man, two thousand nine. little Project. Oh
1: my! And I only knew about J Cole because he did a free concert at my west. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I liked uh,
2: Boy Meets Girl. That song uh, from uh, A. Z. Okay, oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. okay. Just, it, it felt to me like hip hop from like 1998, but yep. it was in 2017, yep. and maybe that's not a good thing. No, but it was good for me. That's the I sound. Think so. That's the sound I yeah. like, though. Yeah, I love that sound. Yeah. I, mean, I miss if you it. See every the, day. If you see the
1: records on the wall, yeah, he fits in. Maybe only three of these were in the last decade.
0: Yeah. You
2: know? uh, so today I put uh, I put a little cue of songs I wanted to hear because J. Cole was on, and so I queued up uh, Lost Boys, Renee. Yeah. Um, Nas um, you know it was, it was, I was feeling kind of sing-songy so it was if I ruled the world and then uh, imagine I it's just a, a great song I love anything with Lauryn Hill and then um, and then what else did we listen to I like Outcast a lot oh uh, yeah
1: yeah I mean got to stink on your album on the wall
2: uh, man Crumbling Herb on the Way Home
0: I'm can't gonna listen. I'm gonna go wrong from from with that. You know, what I watched yesterday. Uh, they, have a little, they, they have a little documentary. If you are ever in watching it, I watched uh, Finding Young Bloods. Like, mm. like YouTube has like a BT series, or BT has like a YouTube series called yeah. like Finding. So it was like Finding Young Bloods, and uh, they played uh, 85. I know you're waiting for daddy. It won't be long, to Be patient, cause it's coming for you. Ah, great song. Do you do you think the uh, do you think the pot is helping any of your pain? No. No.
2: No, but relaxation, yeah. 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 All right. Is it pot or C B D? Uh so I feel the same way about uh about um a lot of things this way, but I think that if you actually wanna have real medicine, go to the real source. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's the only way that you know that you're not getting uh something bunk.
1: Yeah. For lack of a better term, I think CBD yeah. is definitely the uh, it's it's the placebo
0: effect for a lot of people. It's, yeah, it's it's gotta be because it's I, the diet
2: coke of you know remedies. It's uh, you think you're doing something, but you're not. No,
0: okay, good because I'm I'm like man, you're not. I'm not in the words of Jay. I'm not buying that shit y'all shoveling. Yeah, well, I just find it hard to believe that there's a product out there that can cure anything.
2: It's <laughs> it's like uh, drinking whey protein instead of eating
1: a steak. Yeah. Uh, it's real weird because you skipped over your favorite parallel. we will to talk about it. No, yeah, I gonna, do want to talk okay. about
2: it. So I remember that you said that. <laughs> the, um, se- the
0: segue was different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It
2: hit different. So uh, I, like, I like some of the, just the be- very best of all time, like Andre, you know. Andre Milanachev, uh, Ed Cohen. People who did it to a standard that like people are like, Yes. Um his last meet I thought his squat was high, but I really love Odell Manuel from New Zealand. Um Yuri Belkins had some really amazing lifts. Yeah. His squat started to get a little high. Um So I really like people who do things to, like, just such a good standard. I was so, man, I was shook that uh, the meet Ryan did, Dan Green was supposed to lift, and he strained his back like a week before. I would have loved to watch that. Fuck, I've never watched Dan. I'm friends with him. I'm friends with his wife, Sparkle. They're great people. But I I just, I've never seen Dan lift in person, except for the animal cage. That was really cool. Um, You know, so I really like. Really like those guys, you know. People like Steffi Cohen that just do things the right way, you know. I
1: feel like Steffi Cohen lives at like RPE ten twenty four seven, and she's, she's constantly getting stronger. She's uh, she can really push it, you know. She has great uh, quads too. She
2: does have great quads. Yeah, sure. She's she's a smart girl. Yeah. So, Steffi, what people don't know about Steffi... A lot of people think Steffi's mean. She's super competitive. And so, anybody that competes against her will will say that she's mean, you know? And, uh, but Steffi's been such a good person to me. Uh, Right before the gym opened and the roof collapsed and all that shit, in May... Um, so a year ago I was over 400 pounds and then I had lost just a little bit of weight before surgery, just like whatever I could get rid of in a week, <laughs> yeah. uh, <for> like 375. <laughs> so I was at 375 and, uh, We dropped a couple things. Yeah. yeah, Tic Tacs. <laughs> and, uh, so I was sitting at 375 for like four months and then, uh, I had messaged Steffi just to ask her about something really arbitrary and, uh, and we talk here and there, not like all the time or anything, but when we see each other, we like are really happy to see each other, yeah. you know? And so, uh, and Hayden's great. Her husband, he's super cool, super nice, polite, uh, Canadian dude. Solid Where, Where's name. she from? Uh, she's from, uh, Australia Venezuela, I think. Really? Venezuelan. Oh. And, uh. Way off. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Wow. No, she's, she's Latino. And, uh, she's Latino, but I think she's also a Jew. Uh, like she had this big thing about going back to Tel Aviv um, really recently. Um, and so uh Cohen, like Cohen,
0: a popping, a popping Cohen's a Jewish name.
2: So oh, Steffi yeah. Cohen. Um, so uh, anyway, Steffi, and she's also a doctor of physical therapy. Uh, she's finished her degree. She's very smart. So I sent her a message and uh, I was just like, Hey, it's arbitrary thing. And uh, she goes, Hey, how's your back doing? I told her, I was like, it's not very good. Um, and she said, uh, as a good friend would say, have you thought about losing weight? And I was like, yeah, I've thought about it my whole fucking life. I'm terrible at it. I've been fat since I was, you know, the last time, the first time I knew I was exceptionally fat, I was in like fifth grade. And, uh, and she was like, uh, but I've always been so athletic. Nobody gave a shit, you yeah. know, until now when I can't move, you know, cause my back's hurt and she goes, uh, you know, don't take this the wrong way. And I don't want you, you don't have to feel like you have to post this on social media. I don't need this to be about me. Um, she said, but let me give you my head nutrition coach for as long as you want him. For oh, free. Oh wow. And uh it was really hard for me because Steffi, I look up to even though we're kind of peers, um, she's doing so much on such a high level that I'm really, really respectful of her. Yeah, absolutely. And uh like she's a sensei, you know, in a dojo. And uh so I uh I just said, you know, that I'm really touched by that. And, uh, that might be the kick in the dick that I really needed. Um, you know, so I look at, I always tell people build a team around you. And that might be me. That might be Dom. Like, you guys are part of your team. And, and I could be a part of your team in some way. I'm a part of your team in some way. And, um, uh, so my team is, you know, my people at home, Ryan Silva, um, you know, Hunter's part of my team. My guys at the gym are part of my team that I've been with for a long time. Uh, Mark Bell's part of my team. Steffi's part of my team. You know, I've got people that are that are on my team and uh, that are really important to me. And so uh, I finally had enough people on my team where I had no choice. I had to, I had to do something. So um, I've fucked around and yo-yo dieted my, my yeah. whole adult life, and, and I'm done with that, man. When did you meet Mark Bell? Uh, right before I squatted a thousand, I was looking for knee reps and, uh, I reached out to, uh, a mutual friend reached us out together and, uh, Mark was like, yeah, you know, we'll sponsor you if you're going to squat a thousand. Cool. (laughs) People always go like, what do you have to do to get sponsored? I'm like, I don't know. Squat a thousand pounds.
1: Do
0: do something memorable.
1: Yeah. Do you ever realize that like, you know, you obviously, like you said, you look up to a lot of people, you know, like Steffi, you look up to, you know, Ed and Mm -hmm. maybe even Mark and some of these other guys. And, but now they're, they're your, not only your peers, but a lot of them you can call your friend. Yeah. And then a lot of people like me and other people look up to you mm-hmm. as they, as you look up to those people. Does that yeah. ever like, like, how does that resonate in you? Though? I mean, like you said earlier, you never expected any of this. I
2: don't this. like act any different, you know, well, of course I always try to be myself in those situations, but, um, you know, you do have to realize that some of your words could carry some more weight maybe. And uh, and that they affect people negatively and positively sometimes more than other people affect them. And uh, so you have to be careful. Yeah. Um, You know, you have to be careful not to crush people, you know, because uh, I could say something that's a joke and somebody could think that I hate them, you know, uh, because maybe we're not as close as I thought we were,
1: yeah. you know. Um, what well, has been a sense of like, there's a lot of people, you know, you're just like, you know, when I was a kid meeting, you know. This might be a good comparison. might be a bad comparison, but sure. meeting Laron James, you yeah. know, like there's a lot of kids out there that want to meet you and you're, you're, you're that to them. Yeah.
2: Um, I've only left an encounter knowing that I was a piece of shit to somebody one time and, <laughs> and, and, I remember it really vividly. I was getting ready for a meet a year ago at our place. And, uh, so remember when I said I do too much, Yeah. um, I was doing too much, Um, I preloaded all the shit onto the computer up until like 3 a.m. the night before, and I only slept like three hours, and so um, the morning of the meet, I have people that weigh in at 7, I have to be done by 7.30, I have 7.30 to 8 to be ready to print the flights for the rules meeting at 8, to be ready at 8.15 for people to warm up for me to get everything else ready to start at 9, and that's a lot of work. And that's a lot of work without this extra step that I forced myself into on accident. I was trying to load two sessions into the computer and it's difficult software to use and yeah. nobody knows how to use that well. And um so when I did it, I lost all the data and I had to manually re enter everybody and I had thirty minutes to do it in. And I was up till three AM doing it the night before and I lost it all. Oh fuck. And uh I couldn't get it back. And somebody I had chosen that moment to try to get my attention in front of me. And I said, not right now. I'm busy doing this computer thing. Please come find me. Or I didn't even say, please come find me later. But like, I should have said that I wish I would have. And I looked up and it was a guy that wanted me to sign his belt. Felt like shit the whole day. I tried to find him three times and I couldn't. And uh, everybody around me the whole day, you know, I was upset about it the whole yeah. fucking day. <laughs> well, I imagine that. And I mean, I got over it. Like I can't. Like in that moment, I was trying to make 120 yeah. people's day better. Yeah. And uh, but I still tear up like right now telling the story because I felt like a fucking asshole. And uh, and. That- and-
1: It'll, I mean, it bothers you, and it's hard.
2: It, it bothers me, but if that's one person out of the last ten thousand people I met, then I'm okay, yeah, but I still feel bad about it, <laughs> and so, uh, but you know, I know it's not like LeBron or anybody like that, like they're crazy wild, but no, but um, I
0: mean, but to that person, you know, like yeah. you, like you don't understand, like what it means like for someone to to think like you're worth anything like, hey, yeah. can you sign this for me? Like yeah. you don't know what that person's encounter has been for him to look at you in a certain way. So yeah. yeah. They chose a really shitty time to ask yeah. that question. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they don't, they don't, but again, they, he, don't, know, they don't know what they don't know your did, day. He life probably is. didn't even know.
2: Um but uh but I I always tell people in the rules meeting like don't come talk to me unless you have to. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh but Do yeah I mean right it's uh I don't Like, I don't know that I'm very much of a role model for people, but, uh, but I do get a lot of messages from people like day in and day out that are like, Hey, thanks. You're cool. Like this and that, blah, blah, blah. Thanks for what you do. And, and I take time to answer every single direct message, every single question, every single thing. Um, you know, you're
1: you're extremely, uh, you're extremely engaged with the people that yeah. are interested in you. I'm you very know, accessible. Especially on your social media, you yeah. you always answer questions. And, like, I'll fucking get on there, and I'll click on your story, and it'll be like, you know, it shows, like, the bars. i will be like, the fucking this Because I'm like, yeah. he's, he's answering fucking questions, So
3: Yeah.
1: He's very on, he does a fucking video, and not type the shit out, you yeah. know. So it's I know that a lot of people appreciate you for who you are. Yeah, I try to take the extra step, man. And I try not to be lazy with my contact. And I know
2: people that have 2,000 messages in their unread folder, and it's just not how I operate. Yeah. And, uh, cause, and, and I, and it's to a fault. Um, one thing that's a problem is it's, it's hard to sit down like this when this has been vibrating the whole damn night. Yeah. And, uh, I looked at it one time and it was just a phone call that I can answer here when I leave. But, um, you know, with my business being tied into it, I start to feel really, really guilty when I'm at my business and I'll have a friend visit me. And, uh, after about 15 minutes, I'm like, Hey, I got to, yeah, I gotta get back to my phone um, because um, you know everything kind of hinges on that all day long, well, and, I don't think and then it's also the free point. advertising. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: like at some point you'll get to a point where you know, like you don't have to be so reliant on you know, like not not every call is going to be a call. Is like right. this could, this could be the call. This could sure. be the call. So it's like. You know, and your friends understand it, yeah. you know, like your, your wife understands it, like when I'm at home yeah. and Whitney's he's like, Oh, okay, well, you know, why don't you go to, why don't you go to sleep? I'm like, yeah, I could, but I also could figure out how can we make the company better? Like, yeah. what is it that we can do? It's, right. it's a, it's a tough balancing act to be on. So, you know, everyone is affected. And again, if you keep that circle around you, um, Is the right circle then everyone understands The common goal Yeah You know So it makes it easier To be like Oh man I I wish I could talk to you For another 30 minutes But I gotta get back to this And they're like Oh I got it Well a lot of people Also just don't understand Like this is legitimately Your livelihood
1: Right Yeah You know like at my job I can ignore a call From a customer Because it's like Yeah something might Really go wrong But at the end of the day Like I still have A base salary To look forward to I have have a fucking paycheck Like you know I can
2: have nothing On my schedule for a day But then only have A free hour Yeah You know Um, you know, that's the nature of having the business and, and being involved. And look, if I'm not busy, I generate something and, uh, that's a flaw sometimes, (laughs) but it's also a good thing to be able to generate. And, uh, you know, a lot of people would love to be able to self generate and they can't, but, uh, so it's one of those things where that really has to come into a balance, you know? I feel, you're almost to the point where you can do a two part. We probably will,
0: <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> you just you just set up uh, set up set us up for I don't know probably three episodes. Cut that, bring it back in oh, the middle, and then you can do a two part. What do they say? Uh, um, put my well, thing down, flip it, and reverse it. That's what I'll do. Well, uh, I mean,
1: overall, I think we've. Covered a shit ton.
0: You know what put me into the hip hop mood today is
2: one of my friends, uh, Jenna. She, uh, my wife's name's Jenna too, but one of my friends' name's Jenna. As I was watching her story, and she, she's one of Ryan's clients, and. Uh, she was doing dips and she put the the dip, dip on man, on her dip. thing and she was like, I can't do this exercise and not uh, think of the song. How
0: is it that I put my hands up on your hip when, when I, dip, I dip, you dip, dip, you
2: dip? You dip, you dip. Oh, you know I'm really pissed put off. Yours, and I put mine and we can dip, dip down, down low and, low and roll and, and grind.
1: I'm just really irritated with uh, Instagram because I don't have that feature. The music feature. I think I, I, you I have yours
0: set up as a bit.
1: No? no, I looked it up the other day and it, they literally said that it's just some accounts still have it it's not like you need ten yeah, thousand like, followers yeah, no, they no, just it's hate like, like they're like, they like some accounts just don't have it oh yeah like i, got I even it. tried to, to do that to android users yeah i even tried to you know oh. like the fucking sound on feature or whatever yeah that's on there <laughs> i used it one day and it told me he goes you've used this too much and i've never even used i've used it like twice because you've used this too much you can't use it i'm like what the fuck like, I've, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of issues with instagram in my in my freak shirt, nasty sometimes that, too, that, that song it is
2: so i sent back a video of me singing because i can't see that song without playing it you absolutely have to so that uh, then that led me into uh every little step i take by bobby brown oh Ooh. i can't sleep sorry it every little is. step together. i hate it when oh. i say too long of the title but no, no, no. just
0: the verse no oh my God, that's yeah. a good song we'll be together yeah well, what was his rap uh not a James, but uh, with a Bobby Brown. I was a Telephone Man guy, but that wasn't, that wasn't just Bobby Brown. but I mean, nah, was your it was basically man. his record. Yeah, yeah basically, basically. Mr. Telephone. Oh, God.
1: Ah, music Did, is really the combination. didn't know he of, was man. getting curved by a girl.
0: Just don't, couldn't comprehend
2: it. Don't let us get into soundtracks, because I just <laughs> yeah. thought of uh, the soundtrack for uh, Girl 6.
0: Ooh. Remember that? You know, I watched the movie, right? And that was with it Holly Berry. It probably doesn't hold up, does it? Uh, no. As you can as Who
1: you can tell there? Very, she was
2: a, a sex phone. Right, operator, she was yeah. sex line. This is what, ninety six? Very into music oh, and yeah. you can't tell. I love it. You know, so it's, I it's I always huge wish huge I was I always wish I was like more into a genre that I know, but I'm just I, like I, I like, like I like being I'm all like, over the place. I'm
1: 80s. I'm like 60 to, to 80s. Like R&D, I always feel bad
2: because like slow jams. I'll be like, yeah, I really like you know certain hip hop. I really like hardcore, like a a division of like kind of rock. Uh-huh. Um, but then they'll be like, well, what about Wu Tang? I'm like, I don't know shit about Wu Tang. I'm sorry. There's not even tracks. They many. try to
0: make you feel bad for like, oh, you love hip hop, but you don't like Wu Tang. It's not that I. It's, there's just so much music yeah. I'm not the biggest, Sorry, J- I'm not I'm not the the biggest Jay-Z too. fan hey, And yeah, that's fine It's fine that you want to live, that you live your life that way I always thought was a little
2: bit uh, I always thought he was a little of uh, I don't know It's was a little, little cute for me
0: Hey, <laughs> You know Everybody relax Everybody Maybe. relax JP's more of a uh, What is it uh, I mean but Mosh if you kind of yeah, guy Yeah 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 for sure Yeah. I also yeah. listen to Insyncs. Uh, no String Attached album I saw him the other day and I'm Super I probably saw
1: you I don't know what Two three weeks ago now Maybe a month ago And he had no voice I was like oh shit man You sick I was at a show last night.
2: I got on stage and sang, <laughs> yeah, and then I jumped off. <laughs> Every time I go to a show, if I like get active, because I can't really be active anymore because my back shit. Yeah, and so that was like the last show I could be active for, and I had really looked forward to that. And like the lead singer, in one of the bands, is a power lifter, and he came to our ah. gym beforehand, so we were like all real invested. They're coming back in March. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. I feel better by
1: then. Already got tickets. <laughs> I, ch-
2: I took the mic from him, and I stole it, and I sang part of his song, and uh, he loved it, and. uh so, uh, I think what we should, uh, I'll, I'll end this with us. I have a question. Uh, we should each say that, and I'm not saying you guys do karaoke, but if you did it, I do car karaoke on my story quite oh. a bit. And, oh, I, uh, I got a song for you. Dog, the worst is when I'm in a rental car and I hit the record button when I'm singing and then it like oh, dulls the music through yeah. the phone. I'm like, That's what the fuck <sighs> is this feature? You have to
1: have the aux cord. You gotta have the aux Oh, cord. okay. Because I was using if the it's USB. On, if it's on Bluetooth or USB... Uh-huh. The when you hit it in the car, it'll always lag. But if you have, the I'm ox gonna start cord, packing
2: my OX cord. I've yeah, got that's it. With what that's what I got to figure have out. You got
1: the dongle thing. Yeah. Use the ox cord All the
2: right, girl. I'm into that. So, uh, okay, I, I love karaoke, and I'm always down to sing it. Um, but if you were to sing karaoke, we'll start with you.
0: Oh no, Dom already said he had his song. Okay, now I got
2: to think. I need three top three. Ooh, top okay, three. I'll do mine first while you guys sing. Okay, number one, Shoop. Oh, okay. Both parts. Number okay. two. Nate, dog, and Warren G regulators. Obviously, with my buddy seen, Nate. I've seen you do you know, that a couple cause times. Because then I can say Nate, dog, and JP had to regulate, and then I do this part. What? <laughs> 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 so I gotta get that break Boom, 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 And then number three, I'll go with Total Eclipse of the Heart. Of course, okay. yeah.
1: Or, so or if yeah. I don't do
2: that, I'll go nothing but a G thing.
1: So off oh, off solid. rip, I'm yeah. going to go Mo Money, Mo Problems. That's I, I a like very, that. That's oh, a very okay. go-to, and I got got the record right there. Hell yeah. Um, I'm always going to go towards that one. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm a sleeper pick with L.O. Cool J, I Need Love. Oh.
2: It's like, a very long song. So I'll put L.O. on to do, just to remind people of how LG. sexual music yeah, used to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, let's
1: listen to Hey Lover. So I
2: always go with that. Oh, yeah. with
0: Boys and Men,
1: oh my God. <laughs> and then and then I might and then I might such a great song I might throw some Prince in the mix.
2: Yeah, I like Prince a lot. You know, He's fun. I'm,
1: I might throw some Prince in the mix. What song? It's, it's fuck your coach. Quite
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> when Doves Cry is a great one. Yeah, I love uh, when Doves cries. One, of, uh,
0: that love, does it for me. I love Genuine's version of when Doves Cry I haven't heard it. Oh, that no. well, was, was off his uh, Pony album, I believe. Okay, I'm surprised great song. I didn't hear it. Ugh, let me see okay so
2: i only got tired of genuine because i was tired of looking at, or no sorry i was thinking of d'angelo i was oh. like i'm tired of looking at your dick root d'angelo <laughs> man it was a great shape let's just put your pants back up to like right below your belly but hey. only see the rest hey it worked It worked for him then he got super fat and- I got into that up. song for, like, a couple of weeks earlier this year. where
0: I was like, I just want to hear how does it feel. <laughs> I'm going to listen to it on my way Isn't home now. Isn't it funny how, like, music – let me go. Okay, so one would be Tevin Campbell, Can We Talk. Oh, great. Um, ooh.
2: I literally – I didn't even know that that was who sang that song. And then I saw it the other day, and I listened to it, and I was like, this is so classic.
1: It's. Oh. I'll be honest. I didn't know Bobby Caldwell was white until oh, yeah. a few years ago. Really?
0: Not th- last year, I think.
1: Have you actually heard him sing? I mean – Mm. So sounds like a black man Really, su- really surprised. <laughs> Same with
0: Robin Thicke. Um, anyway, oh, okay. Let's see. What I say? Tevin Campbell. Can we talk? You know, Bended Knee, Voice to Men. Oh, it's so good. I know. I've sang I know. that a
2: lot. Man, it's a great song. That album has more karaoke songs on it than almost
0: any oh other my album. G- <sighs> and Probably six hit singles. Let me see. What would be my third one? Let me switch the genre a little bit. Um,. Uh, it's gonna be Jay-Z, probably. What's your favorite Jay-Z song? Um Be off Reasonable Doubt, probably probably Regrets. Regrets is a really good that's probably the song that I would hmm. go with Regrets. You can't because nobody
2: knows it and it would not be fun.
1: Yeah. If you and if you really want you me have to
2: think if, about the room when you're thinking about karaoke. If you really you want me, me, me to get selfish, off topic,
1: I true. can do a little. I can do a little. Um, Elton John. I'm still staying.
2: I fucking love Elton oh. John. I can do. I'm, I'm yeah, still staying. Yeah, I was disappointed yeah. in the movie that just came out, the Elton John. Was movie. it? Was it not good at all? Or so it was really good. It was really well done. But the problem I had with it it was that the people in the movie sang his songs, and I don't want them to sing oh, his songs. They, oh, they didn't. Oh, they didn't use like it was a musical. Uh. Yeah. It was a musical and it was good, but I would have preferred it been him. Yeah, like if you could just lip-sync that shit. Like the Queen one, it was Queen. Okay. Yeah, and so even though it was kind of corny, like I'm into that – but uh, I, I, want just, it, I
1: want it to sound like him Yeah Yeah yeah
2: yeah Cause it ruined it for me a Cause little you can bit. do all the theatrics Absolutely. But vocally yeah. I'd like to hear I
1: mean even yeah. in the, the new edition movie Like they it, Even if they redo the it.
2: songs That's fine But I want to hear them Within like how they were Supposed to be Yeah But like I don't want to hear A girl sing his song Or like a kid or Oh that yeah into that. What, What's your What's top two movies Top two Well Pulp Fiction for sure oh, Solid um, It's that's like I really good. like A lot of Tarantino movies Yeah Um shoot i you know i'll i'll give a recommendation for one i just saw that i'm not gonna say it was a favorite by any means but if you're like on netflix for sure watch uh, shot caller um okay it was uh what does that sound familiar it's a uh, jamie lannister from game of thrones he goes to prison and uh like oh, kind of gets into a white movie, right? supremacist yeah. Okay, group yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and so i'm not usually into prison movies but i just watched it last night it was good yeah um the other one that was good uh that was fucked up was that Jake Gyllenhaal one that just came on Night Watch yeah yeah. I saw that um, that was tough I saw that a couple years ago I I liked it better than you know how Crash was like real popular yeah I liked it better than Crash I think it's a great
1: movie because it's it dives into the idea of like this is like some legitimate shit that would happen. Like I, yeah. So really what exciting.
2: was a little bit bad about the movie was like they would be in a gunfight and then like two hours later they'd be like, fine, like, yeah. that's not okay.
0: And <laughs> like, if I'm not mis- this is the one where he that. went
2: to, um, like yeah.
1: he was like, no, 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 you're talking, no, no, you're talking about when he's a cop. Yeah. Oh, so oh. I was thinking of when he was the uh, news reporter. That, okay, oh, that's no, no, no. Oh. That movie, oh. movie kind of had me sad. Yeah, okay, so I'll have to watch said, that one. That's the one that I was to thinking about. The, his, his I'm co-star. talking about
2: the one where him and the uh, little Latin dude that's in all the that's movies. That's fucking
1: hilarious. Uh,
2: like Efrain
0: or whatever. Yeah. He's funny. They're uh, partners. Yeah. Oh, no, I haven't seen that one. It's, no, watch. it's,
1: it's a really good movie, man.
0: It's Nightcrawler Is the other Is gotcha. the one Where it's, he played Like a television Like a cameraman Where he was like He started going To like create scenes Oh yeah I remember that like, I yes. haven't seen that
1: He was selling them Yeah not, you you like it But there's yeah. some There are they're basically Two cops who are fucking wild And like he said They get in the shootouts They went to a fucking Burning building In one of the scenes
2: I'll give you another one uh, Dirty Dancing that's a good one. Uh, on uh, Netflix, uh, movies that made us—they do a documentary
0: on that. Oh, that's awesome! There's also a documentary called "Movies That Almost Didn't Get Made," and they talk about mm. how di- they talk about Die Hard. That'd be great. Well, it's, it's wonderful.
2: So, movies that made us—Die Hard's on there too, and so yep. is uh, Home Alone.
0: Oh no, this is the same one. Yeah. The same one. And
2: someone,
1: they talk about they're, how it, they're talking yeah. about how they almost didn't have the budget for. A yeah, 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 yeah,
2: no. Yep. So, like Home Alone, it was made for thirteen million and made seven hundred.
1: Yeah, it's fucking nuts.
2: It's wild and warner brothers wouldn't make it they were within one and a half million dollars of the budget and fox was like we'll make it just fire them <laughs> that's oh <laughs> it was like man. totally illegal so they had to like hide a script and stuff like that it was it's really like good
0: and they almost got rid of bruce, bruce willis oh, for so you
2: you guys love music you have to watch if you haven't have you watched the wrecking crew
0: huh
2: uh-uh fuck motown Uh, So The Wrecking Crew is a documentary that a son made about his father, who was the guitar player that played the uh, intro for Bonanza and Green Acres and all that shit. And so The Wrecking Crew was uh, set musicians that were in Capitol Records in L.A. And so all these bands that suck would have records made, and they would be the band on the track, and then they would sell records. So um, The Wrecking Crew, they were all paid like a salary, and they were set musicians for the studio, and they made like more music than you can forget that you know.
1: Fuck, I'll have to check that out. It's Dang. amazing.
2: It's really good, and it's easy to watch because it's so in cap. It's so gets your attention because the music.
1: There's so much shit and so much good content out there on Netflix yeah. and the streaming services, and yeah. not enough time. It's so
2: funny. It. There's like this bass player that's like this chick with these big rim glasses, and she looks like a like my grandma looked in the 1950s, huh. and she's sitting there like. Boom, 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 boom. She's like one of the best bass players of all time And you never knew her
1: But I'm sure she got fat royalty checks like the I hope the so Isley Brothers. That's, a, that, that's why I love music yeah. and We probably should get out of here So that's why
2: they made <laughs> that movie Is because the kid was sad That nobody ever knew who his father was And he was amazing
1: Like that's why I love music from the 70s yeah. And like the earth went in fire Because yeah. it was like That was a legitimate band That came oh, to yeah. the fucking studio To make yeah. this fucking music These people like, wreck shop That's why they're called the wrecking crew <laughs> yeah.
2: Because they could wreck any any album You know Dang. so. Wow. All right, we gotta stop, but I'm having fun. Yeah.
0: It, uh we're three hours. Yeah, we're at three hours. That's crazy. It's the longest podcast yeah. we've ever done. The Damn. longest running podcast. <laughs> well, any, any anything buddy. else you got? Uh, no. I uh, obviously
1: we could probably go for another three hours. This was <laughs> a
0: super informative. Like, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Where it was like it wasn't much like talk about powerlifting, but it was.
1: <laughs> still, there's still time on the clock.
0: All right, so uh, <laughs> disregard that. A uh, quick quick stop Psych. we uh we maxed it out we're going for three uh, more it's so- yeah. <laughs> okay and we're back just when you thought so man i think this is a super informative um uh, roundtable discussion uh jp thank you so much for for driving all the way up here to to wreck shit yeah, I'm yeah. glad we're friends now. Hey, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to request you. I think we can be friends yeah. in real life. Yeah, we did. Uh, I was thinking about that for probably like 30 minutes. I was like, damn.
2: Before you knew. I like this guy. I didn't want our relationship to end when I left the uh, French doors of this office. Um, <laughs> weird, weird flex. Did you, uh <laughs> weird flex, but okay. <laughs> uh, did you wear that cardigan before you had this job that you have now or before? Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: I've like got it. three cardigans. It's nice. I I'm somebody makes fun of me all the time, but I love cardigans. <laughs> a solid cardigan. Pull I want, over. It's I a cardigan. But thanks, but thanks for, for asking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Diamond Good Uh job. well shit. Uh no man, it's been a good a really good three hours. Obviously, I don't think not nah, I wouldn't say obviously, I just don't think we covered what we expected to cover. Sure. But it's not a bad thing. Nah. You know, yeah. it's like well, I think we still had a great conversation. I try and
2: never like, add the expectations, or else it like, yeah. kind of sounds like well, I like, wanted we'll, to say even, what I wanted to say. We'll
1: we'll do we'll we, we'll have like a pre-production meeting, but not really. We'll just say who the person is, what they do, a quick little background. And like we told you when you sat down, I was like, "Look, man, we just we're gonna have a conversation." Yeah, and that's that's what we did. I think it's for for your friends, your fans, and for people like us and people who listen to our podcast. It was just a really good opportunity to get to know you as well
0: you know just get a new perspective on life you said some really cool things just about like how your mindset really determines a lot about how you how you view the world and i think that was probably by far the most important important gem to hand out so um thank you for we broke a podcast really yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, now we know that we can't have anybody on for thousand, three hours. Not
1: only did he squat a thousand pounds, he's the first uh, man on the Rich Side round table to break the uh, recording limit. Yeah, so. I mean,
0: <laughs> well, there's that. Well, another plaque on the wall. We'll get something, the get something sent on over exist. to you. Um, I don't know if we have anything else. Yeah, a little fade out. Let me, let's see how you boy doing, people. If I could leave you with anything tonight, <laughs> I want you
2: to know. That you can make anything positive in your life. If you go out with the right mindset and the purest of intentions, make it something good in your life, not bad.
3: Lifting, whatever. Amen. Rich Dad Roundtable, we are out.